This is Football Nation. Todd DeVries and Bill Enright bring you the latest trends from the NFL. Headlines, stats, fantasy previews, and more right here on Football Nation. Hey, 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 hello everybody and welcome to Football Nation where football fans live. NFL, fantasy football, and college football. We discuss it all here on Football Nation. I'm Bill Enright along with Todd DeVries. What's going on today, Todd? The countdown gets even sooner to kickoff, Bill. Seven days, one week from tonight, college football kicks off. Can you believe it? Seven days. I don't know how many hours that is, but I know that I can count the amount of days, and it's only seven away. Seven away from college, a couple weeks out for the NFL, the last true meaningful preseason week, at least in our eyes. Week three of the NFL season is here. So, you know, it's, a, it's, it's all in full swing, Bill. The fantasy football world is waiting for us to drop some golden nuggets of information on them as draft season gets closer and closer for those playing NFL fantasy football. So it's, it's all coming to a fruition here, Bill. It's all, it's all here, my man. It certainly is. And for those that are looking for some fantasy football draft advice, first, I beg you to go to ffchamps.com because we're going to help you win your league this year. But also, if you have a question, maybe you're drafting this weekend, you need some last-minute advice, the number is 855-478-7030, 855-478-7030. You can hit us up on Twitter, at ffchamps. And you can also email us your questions, radio at footballnation.com. We're going to get into some fantasy football draft advice a little bit later in the show, Todd. We have the latest average draft position report. We're going to go over some of the players that are overvalued and undervalued, as we said, or as we head into that third preseason game. But we also have a lot going on in the NFL, a lot of headlines, some suspensions, some injuries, some controversial plays during preseason action. Uh, Kerry Byrne from ColdHardFootballFacts.com is going to join us to help break it all down, help analyze what's been happening. And also the new Cold Hard Football Facts Insider has launched this week. We're really excited about that. He'll stop by to tell us more. And college football, Todd, seven days away, you said it. We're going to take a look at the SEC, the always powerful SEC, and, and see who is going to be able to take down any of those powerhouses. Alabama, once again, the preseason favorite to win the national title. What else is new, buddy? It's the <laughs> SEC versus the world. Yep, sure is. We'll break it down. We'll talk about some QB battles, some high-profile QB battles in the world of college football, and maybe give you a few, uh, a little sneak peek at a preseason All-American team. Uh, we'll, we'll get to all that in the second hour. Plus, we also will be going into the third preseason game. Todd, you said it. It really is, in our eyes, the most important preseason game out of the four. I mean, if we think the first preseason game is a joke, how about the fourth preseason game? <laughs> it's an absolute mess. Yeah. It's, you know, the NFL's in a tough spot. You know, why do they have these four games, you know? Yeah, well, we all know why they have the four games. It's the revenue generated from all the uh, season ticket holders. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> but the fourth, the first game, everyone's just kind of getting a series, all the starters. Second and third weeks, we like those. You know, we see the starters for maybe a half of the game. And that fourth game's just a throwaway game. You know, everyone's just trying to get out of there. Maybe there's a couple minor position battles still ongoing. So I like this week, Bill. This is the one. Week three of the preseason, uh, there's a lot of good stuff to watch for. You know, Houston Texans running back Arian Foster has been injured all of training camp. He just got activated from the team's pup list, and he came out and said today, and this is a quote, I'm not a huge fan of the preseason, end quote. You know, <laughs> Arian, ne neither are the fans that have to pay full price 
for the season tickets, dude. I mean, welcome to the club. Yeah, exactly. But what's the alternative, right? What's the NFL going to do? They've talked about this 18-game uh, regular season, right? They, right. Which would, you know, two pre basically it's a 20-week season revenue-wise. Actually, it's a 21-week season if you're going television-wise, right? But as far as games are concerned, every team plays 20 regular season games. That's 20 uh, you know, 20, 20 sources of revenue, and you either got to have four preseason 16 regular or two and 18. So yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man, because uh, you look at those injury reports in December and January, they're ridiculously long. Now, if you put an extra two real games in there, right. Right. I don't know that that's helping anything. So yeah. So what you see is kind of what we just talked about, weeks one and week four. Very rarely do you see a lot of the stars play. They, they try to kind they're of – yeah, they try to just make it a two-game uh, preseason their own way, right? Know, by focusing right. on weeks two and three. As we uh, are getting started here, I want to give a quick shout out to our producer Josh Deering, making all the magic happen behind the scenes. How's it going today, Josh? Oh, it's fantastic! I'm getting excited for Country Fest, which is happening at Gillette Stadium this weekend. So it's all going on outside me right now. Country Fest? Oh yeah, big Kenny Chesney show. You know, really? I'm not a big country music fan. Oh, I hate it. And. I don't think I know one country music star or song that is played on the radio right now. But a couple weeks ago at MetLife Stadium, my friends all went to just the tailgate. They didn't go to the concert. They went to the tailgate. They said, the most beautiful girls they've seen at a concert. And we've been to some pretty cool concerts. I didn't go to this one. But they said the tailgate was crazy. All the girls were in short jean skirts. Which, ta- and- which, which uh, Who was it? Who was the concert? I don't know. I, I couldn't even tell you, dude. Couldn't even tell. It was a sold-out show. It had to be one of the bigger guys, bigger artists. I don't know who it was, but they said they were all in cowboy hats with little cut-off shirts and really, really short 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 shorts. Mm. So that's just you know maybe. So country Josh, music do you have a similar? Uh, cool. Yeah, Josh, the same thing going on at Gillette. Well, they're setting up for it today. It's very loud outside the studio. So if you hear anything on my end, it's because it's country fest is being set up. You know, Bill, something tells me Josh, and for all our listening audience out there, as you kind of have just uh, heard, Josh uh, helps produce from Gillette Stadium and uh, in New England. And uh, something tells me that Josh has like one of those those giant silver belt buckles today. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just like it has his in. initials in it. JD. Just to fit in with the crowd? Yeah, JD. You know? <laughs> he's got the he's got the uh, the cowboy boots going, the rattleskate, rattlesnake uh Cowboy boots? Yeah. What do you think? What's the thing that the cowboys wear around their neck? It's like they got the little like turquoise little gem in it. It's like no a little idea. string thing. Yeah, I don't know what he's that probably is. got that. He's got it all going on. Ten gallon hat. Yeah, I got a cowboy hat made out of empty Budweiser boxes. There you go. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Let's get back uh, to some football here. Country yeah. music fast. So I guess is is that like a, a group of different artists? Yeah, it's a group of artists, but it's headlined by uh, Kenny Chesney. Yeah. I'm sorry if I offend anyone, but I just I don't like country music at all. Not many people like my taste of music, so I, I won't get offended if you don't like mine. But country music is just not my thing. Yeah, I'm uh, not a big fan either, but I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, do much for me, but, you know, to each his own. 855-478-7030 is the phone number. You can email us, radio at footballnation.com. Todd, what do you say we get into some of the latest headlines surrounding the NFL? Some big news from the Pittsburgh Steelers with their rookie running back, second-round pick, Le'Veon Bell, is out six to eight weeks with a Liz Frank injury. 
we kind of wondered on our Tuesday show, Fantasy Football Champs, originally the report was that he had a mid-foot sprain. We didn't know what the hell that meant. Right. But it comes out today, or it came out yesterday, that it's it it's they, the team fears it's a Liz Frank injury, mm. which could keep him out even more than two months. This one, big-time fantasy football ramifications. Well, yeah, and also big-time football ramifications. I mean, the Steelers have been kind of searching for that next running back, you know. They had they drafted Rashard Mendenhall a couple years ago. He had a couple nice seasons. He's moved on. I mean, they got, what, Jonathan Dwyer? I mean, does that do anything? Isaac Redmond? Yeah, Isaac Redmond's been around since the 70s, it seems like. Isaac Redmond. Jeez, that guy's been around forever. Um, so, you know, they, they invested a high draft pick in Le'Veon Bell. He seemed like a nice fit. He's a big, physical, powerful runner. Kind of like we've seen in past years in Steel City, and now he's out for a while. And these Liz Frank injuries, Bill, it's kind of like the the dreaded high ankle sprain, where it just takes forever to recover from these things. Yep, it's there's no there's no set timetable. It's just like like you said, six to eight weeks. Who knows? Eight to twelve. We just don't. You just don't know. And it's something that could be it could be easily um, you know aggravated once he does come back. So this is a this is a big one for the Steelers. How about the hit last week, Todd? DJ Swearinger, the hit on Dustin Keller. You know, it's a little bit of old news at this point, but we do want to just talk about it a little bit because now all of a sudden all these players are coming out of the woodwork and they're either on the the, the side of the argument that the Swearinger hit on Dustin Keller, who, by the way, tore his ACL, his MCL, his PCL, dislocated his kneecap. Some players are coming out and saying, hey, that hit is legal. We're not. We're told not to hit high. We don't want to cause any concussions. We get fined if we hit high. And then the other players are coming out and saying, you know, that's kind of just an excuse. It was a little bit of a dirty hit. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, longtime future Hall of Fame uh, tight end in the NFL, he came out and said that this kind of play really disgusts him. So where do you sit, Todd? Do you think it's just this? This kind of play is just part of football? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's a terrible injury, and obviously, you, you know, you're trying. They're trying to clean up the game, but was this that bad? I mean, was it that bad? This injury? I mean, this uh, this hit when you first saw it, Bill? Did you go, "Oh my God, that's a terrible hit"? I didn't say it was a cheap shot. No. Yeah, I mean, they was it look legal? at it like a cheap shot. Yeah, I don't. I mean, was it a legal hit? No, but uh, I don't know, man. And this guy, you know, he's um, from South Carolina. He's he's a hitter, man. This is, yeah. this is, you know, so he is a rookie trying to make a name for himself, and he sure did <laughs> right away. Uh, I don't know, Bill. I, I, you know, we feel for Dustin Keller's injury. It's one of the worst you can have. He tore everything in his knee, ripped it ripped it up, right. dislocated everything, and I, I don't know. I've just seen a lot worse, you know. I just think this is kind of par for the course. You're going to see these pretty much every week in the NFL, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of the first one of the year, so maybe that's why it has such a spotlight. And uh, heaven forbid it happened to a quarterback, you know, if somebody oh, came in low on a quarterback. But um, I just think that maybe it's a slightly overblown because it's the first one of the year and it's it's the preseason, you know. But what are you supposed to do? Not hit in the preseason? Right. So was it was it a dirty hit? I mean, of course, when you look at it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't exactly a clean hit. But was it? You know, I don't know. It just, I just think it's being blown out of proportion a little bit. I agree with you there. I don't think it was a kind of play where if you're playing at that kind of speed and you're going that fast, I don't think you're thinking to yourself before making that tackle, if I go for his knee right here, am I going to ruin his career? I think you're thinking to yourself, it's my job to stop him from 
uh, progressing the ball forward, I'm going to do whatever I can to stop him in his tracks, and that's what happened. Yeah, again, you just you're going to see these all the time. And now, this if, guy's this guy is uh, he's a big hitting safety. Just Google him and look at his highlight reel from South Carolina. He's a hitter. He's he's this is what he does. Did he come in low? Of course he did. Um, did he try to hurt him? Probably not. If you know Keller's leg uh, doesn't, you know his cleats don't stick to the into the grass so much. Does he get injured? Maybe not. You know you never know. But I don't know. I've just seen a lot worse. The head to head stuff. That's something that I think is much more avoidable. Like right. when, it, when a safety comes over the middle or it crushes a, a defenseless wide receiver head-to-head, that to me is a much bigger deal um, than going in kind of low on Keller. It, it almost sounds like if you're a Dolphins fan, you think this is, you know, Swearinger's one of the dirtiest players in the NFL before even playing a regular season game. Right. If you ask a fan of the NFL, I think they're with you, Todd, that we'd rather see the low hit than the concussion hit because now we're seeing all these retired players really have problems with either dementia or Alzheimer's or migraines and you know the concussion problems their brain injuries are really what the NFL is is trying to prevent here yeah I'm watching it as we're talking here I'm watching it again and you know he went he went at the knee he, maybe he almost you know he tried to go for the thigh but he got the knee you know it's it's, it's borderline you know I don't know. I just think that they're making too much of a big deal out of this. It's the first one of the preseason. You know, you're going to have some random guy do this in the middle of the season, and it won't make nearly the headlines. And then for the players to come out like Tony Gonzalez, I'm trying to read the quote here from what Gonzalez said. No, he's a tight said. end. What do you expect yeah, him to say? He's His a tight end. tight end just got, you know, a career-threatening injury. Of course he's going to come out and say something. Right, right. Which, you uh, know, and it, Brian Hartline came out. He's a teammate. Of course right. he's going to come out and say something. You know, yeah. I mean, what do you expect them to say? In that same game, there was a very dirty play. And I think everyone would agree that the fight between Richie Incognito, the Dolphins offensive lineman, and Antonio Smith, where if you didn't see this play, you you have to look it up. Basically, Smith rips off Incognito's helmet and then swings it at Incognito's head. They were fighting. They were punching back and forth. He rips off his helmet and then swings the guy's own helmet, Incognito's own helmet, back at his head and i'll tell you what he really could have done some serious damage i've never seen uh a, a helmet being used at a we- as a weapon like we saw with this play this was crazy and uh i mean how do you defend this <laughs> this is completely different than what we just talked about with swearinger right you know he rips his helmet off swings it at him and luckily doesn't make direct contact with him or you know who knows what happens and what was the uh, result of this? What did the NFL do, Bill? So I think Jeff Ireland actually had to send the NFL the clip and showed them what happened during this play because the refs missed it yep. during the game. Yeah, and if you watch the play, there's a referee kind of right there, right? Yeah. Um, what's he looking at? How do you miss this? I mean, they're both two big guys, and one is swinging a helmet at his opponent. Yeah. Swinging his, his his opponent's helmet at his his own, own opponent. It's crazy. Uh, trying to they, see. It, just, it just went under the radar during the game. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, now, this, you know, how do we compare this to some of the other truly dirty things that we've seen in, in football, Bill? I mean, you so had let's, to. Let's run oh, down those real quick. Okay. What do you have first? Well, how about, um, was it Hainsworth? 
Albert St- Haynesworth when he was with the Titans. He had he had a stomp, right? Big stomp. I think it resulted in like sixty stitches. Yeah, that was pretty nasty. And I don't remember what did he get for that. How how long was he suspended for? I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. But I remember that he, he I think he was he was on the Titans at the time, and I forget the player's name who was on the ground, but he was on the ground with his helmet off. His, his Andre, helmet came off in the middle of the play. Yeah, Andre Derood. Okay, and as <laughs> as Albert Hainsworth is getting back to the back to his huddle, he like stomps down on Gerode's head and then like drags his feet with his cleats on. And I know yeah. the I know he got a ton of stitches from that. Um, yeah, that might have been one of the dirtiest plays I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm watching that one right now too. Just Google Albert Hainsworth, and the first thing that comes up next to his name is Stomp. Yeah, well, <laughs> when you type a... in Albert Ainsworth, yeah, the, the offensive lineman is laying on the ground. His helmet is off, right, at the bottom mm-hmm. of the pile. The pile kind of, uh, you know, um, gets up off the ground, but the offensive lineman for the Cowboys, Jerod, is still on the ground, and Hainsworth just decides to uh, step on his head intentionally, stomp on it. Beautiful. No helmet. Yeah, that was a real scumbag move. Yep. And then another move that we didn't uh, that we think is one of the dirtiest plays in, in the recent memory, modern day, last ten years, is when Albert Hainsworth or not Albert Hainsworth, Ndamukong Sue, kind of stomped on a player's groin on Thanksgiving, the day of you know, day of a uh, national holiday in the in the NFL. If you love football, the Packers and the Lions were playing on Thanksgiving. You have family families all gather around the TV, and then all of a sudden you see Ndamukong Sue. Stomping on a player's groin from the Packers. Yeah, you, he did it you twice, know, I think. Bill and those Detroit teams, you know, a couple years ago weren't so hot, right? How many times are they on national TV? Once a year, basically. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Not only th- and it's and Thanksgiving, dude. And I mean that stomp was just insane when that happened. And his was it was you could you could if you really wanted to try to defend it, you could say that he didn't mean to stomp on a person. Because he kind of, he got up. They were kind of fighting, and I'm watching it right now too. And he just kind of stomps his way out of the pile. Right. But of course, there's a guy right. You can't do that. You're a 300 and whatever pound man. You can't be stomping your tree trunk of a leg anywhere near anyone uh, with the whole world watching. So, yeah, that guy's got a little bit of a temper as well. Yeah, and and afterwards, after the game, he kind of tried to play it off like he didn't really mean to do it. And then, of course, like three days after that, he got called down to New York City to meet with Roger Goodell, and then he apologized and said, you know, that was a bad lapse in judgment. Right. So where do you rank these then? You know, you've got two stomps and a helmet swing. The Albert Hainsworth one might be the dirtiest play in terms of, the you know, the guy was just laying on the ground. And he's looking down at him. Right. It's totally and he sees him, and he it's... stops right on his face and then drags his foot. Yeah, the other two are kind of heat of the battle. Exactly. I was going to say, the Antonio Smith incognito fight, listen, you take a guy's helmet off and then you swing it at his head, luckily more damage wasn't dealt. But I could see how they're both being – I'm not saying that it was, it's okay for what Antonio Smith did, but they were fighting. It's yeah. not like the Albert Hainsworth situation where the plays Hainsworth over. Was sta- right, the plays. Yeah, over. the plays over. He's standing over a guy who he wasn't even like engaged with. Yeah, <laughs> he just saw. Hey, that guy doesn't have his helmet on. I'm gonna take this big cleat and just step on his head, skull. Oh, what know? a dirty. Yeah. 
And then after that, didn't he get a zillion dollars from the Redskins like a year or two later? Yep, certainly did. Daniel, and then uh, he didn't even pass the conditioning test. Yeah, he's uh, he's a he real gem. He got like gem. 37 million guaranteed or something like he's that. He's a real gem. Yeah. Well, Jordan, that's why yeah. he's not in the NFL anymore. Yeah. Waste of talent. Yep. So the incognito one, we kind of, what do we rank that? Second? The Sioux stomp third? Or the Sioux stomp over the incognito Antonio Smith fight? I'll go the incognito thing uh, second. Because okay. if that had connected, man. Could have been, killed him. Yeah. A helmet to the temple? Done. Game over. Yeah, that would have been really nasty. So I'll go that too. I'll go, I'll go Sioux three. 855-478-7030. Let us know what you think the dirtiest play was in the last 10 or 15 years. We'll keep it so we can look it up on YouTube. Uh, radio at footballnation.com is also the email address. You can hit us up on Twitter at FBallNation. Let us know what you think the dirtiest play was from the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, the last headline we want to get to today, Todd, is Von Miller, linebacker from the Denver Broncos, suspended six games. Now, this is an interesting situation here, Todd. I think the NFL is trying to set a precedent and trying to almost make Von Miller an example. Miller did not have a positive drug test. Okay. He was suspended for the fact that he was trying to hide getting positive, having a positive result. I'm not explaining that very clearly, am I? <laughs> it's as confusing as the suspension is, Bill. Your description is as confusing as the actual suspension. All right, so let me try this again. Von Miller suspended yes. six games, mm-hmm. but he didn't have a positive drug test. There was no evidence that he was taking drugs. Instead, the evidence was that he was trying to cover up what would have been a positive drug test. In other words, there was some kind of masking agent in his either in his urine or in his blood, whatever which one, whatever which one came up uh, during the test. Some kind of masking agent that would cover up the fact he was taking drugs. That makes right. sense? Right. So you could miss a test, refuse to test, tamper with the test, give a right. diluted urine sample, that kind of thing. Exactly. Right? Uh, I love, the, by the way, it, when you read the article on this, the uh, the standard AP story on this, uh, his head coach, John Fox, uses a, an interesting uh, cliche when he's talking about potentially you know, urine samples and stuff. He talks about uh, how they they had they had confidence uh, and wishful thinking that this wasn't going to happen for for his star linebacker. And he said, "I think we tend to look at this as a glass half full situation." Yeah, I don't know how that's <laughs> when you're reading talking about urine samples and glass half full. I don't know. Yeah, poor choice of words by Johnny Fox. <laughs> now, Todd, what do you think about the fact that it is legal? Let's assume safest scenario here. Von Miller was smoking some weed. Okay. It's legal in Colorado to smoke marijuana. Okay. But in the NFL, marijuana is still one of the illegal drugs on the you know substance abuse policy list. Right. So Von Miller, it's the offseason. He's, he's living in Colorado, decides to relax a little bit, lights up a joint. Months later or weeks later, he knows he's going to have this drug test coming up. And even though by the state of Colorado law, he wasn't doing anything illegal, his employer, the Denver Broncos in the NFL, look at this drug as an illegal activity. So he tries to cover it up somehow. Maybe he drinks five gallons of water. Maybe he goes out to one of those shops and gets that flush out system, uh, flush out drink that you know dr- 
flushes out your system of any kind of chemicals that wouldn't right. normally be there if you weren't taking any drugs. Did Von Miller do anything wrong here? Well, obviously, I mean, well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> First of all, that's a pretty damn expensive joint, Bill. Well, he's going to forfeit one point two million dollars of bonus money, eight hundred grand of his salary. Yeah, that's what they're being reported. That's like that's two mil for this. Yeah. Did he do anything wrong? I mean, do we want to get into the whole, you know, marijuana debate? No, no, no. Did he do anything wrong to try to cover up his positive drug test? Well, yeah. (laughs) If you're asked to be tested and you didn't, you refuse to test. Do we know exactly what he did or didn't do? I mean, did he refuse to test? Did he tamper with it? I'm just assuming that it was weed. No, I know that, but I'm saying, did he tam- do we know if he tampered with it? Do we know if he refused to test or just, you know? No, there was uh, some kind of tampering going on with the test, yeah. and that's why, yeah. Well, then, then then he did something wrong. All right. He's not a, you know, this. he's a young guy. He, they, they put these rookies, the rookie symposium, they you know, they, they tell him all this stuff. They, they do whatever they can do, these coaches, the league, to make sure they understand what's going to happen here. So you know, <laughs> they know well aware of what's at stake. And yet he still, he still did it. Now, if you want to talk about, you know, I mean, every how many, what percentage of players do you think smoke pot? I don't know. I would say over fifty. Some a significant number, right? Yeah. So that's a whole other debate. But right now, you know, that's the rule, and he broke it, so he's going to get popped. And like you said, they're trying to make an example of him, I guess. And that's tough for the Broncos. This is one of the biggest, most dynamic playmakers in all of football. So. Six games, man. That is quite a. Uh, that's quite a suspension. So, did we also hear the, the the report that you know this isn't the first time it's happened, right? I mean, this must have happened, I think, three times for him to get this type of suspension, right? Right. Yeah. So it's not, you know he's not a first time offender. So that's a whole other thing, Bill. If you break the rule, you get popped. It doesn't make the papers, but 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 you keep doing it. Eventually, you're just going to get slammed, and that's what they're doing here. 18 and a half sacks last year, 11 and a half sacks as a rookie. You think about the Broncos, they lost Elvis Doomerville because of that fax faux pas, whatever the heck happened there. They sent in the fax too late. They tried to sign him. Elvis yep. Doomerville now on the, on the Baltimore Ravens. So Von Miller was going to become, if he wasn't already, their leading pass rusher, their most important player on defense. You know, you start to look at the Broncos now, all of a sudden – we thought their defense was going to be great at the start of the year. They're out. They're missing Von Miller for the first six games. That's a really big blow to their Huge chances ball. to make a, a solid playoff run and hopefully get home field advantage. Nah, you don't think so? He'll be there for the final ten games in the play and the playoffs. I'm saying they can make the. They'll, maybe they make the playoffs, but maybe they don't get home field advantage like they they kind of wanted. You don't uh, think he has that big of an impact on their team that they're going to yeah, maybe lose an impact. a few? Sure, he has an impact. But what are they going to do? Go four and two instead of five and one in those first six? Maybe they would have gone six and zero. Oh. Four mm. and two is a big difference because now if they lose two games the rest of the year, they're looking at twelve and four instead of maybe fourteen and two. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's a it's a blow, but he's going to be there when it matters. Mm. Here are their first six games. Here are their yeah. first six games, okay? It's, it's actually, you know, it's not an easy start to the season. They start Ravens. off with the Ravens. Then they right. go to New York to play the Giants, not the Jets, the Giants. Yeah. Uh, then they get Oakland. There's a win. Then they get Philly. That's a win. Then they've got to go to Dallas and then Jacksonville. So they've got three pretty easy games, Jacksonville, Oakland, probably Philly, and then three relatively tough games. 
So four and two at the worst coming out of that stretch. You don't think they could have been six and zero with the Jaguars, the Raiders? They still could be six and zero. What if nah. Peyton Manning's throwing for five hundred yards a game with this crazy offense? I'll tell you who's happy. Joe Flacco's happy. Eli Manning's happy. Mike Vick's happy. Tony Romo's very happy. Yes. Blaine Gabbert's well, happy. That's true. Matt Flynn's happy with the Raiders. No Von Miller. All right, we'll take that. We'll take our chances now. Yeah. Eighteen and a half sacks last year. Yep. Well, and we're gonna bring on. Have, now he'll have like eleven and a half sacks because he's gonna miss the first six games. Yeah, we'll see. We're we're gonna uh, bring on Kerry Byrne from ColdHardFootballFacts.com. He's gonna talk about how much of an impact Von Miller has on this defense. We also want to hear. What the Broncos were already doing wrong last year on defense, what kind of areas they needed to improve on, and how the Miller suspension is going to affect that. I, I think you're underestimating, Todd. Six-game suspension, that's a pretty long time, man. Pretty long time. I, I hear you, but I think they'll, they've got enough weaponry on offense mm-hmm. to overcome it, and it won't be some sort of disastrous start to the season. Hey, if six weeks from now they're 2-4, and four, Bill, and they're losing a lot of close games, and they're giving up, you know, two-minute drives at the end on defense to lose games. Then you'll be correct, and I'll be wrong. Right. But I think they'll still be four and two, maybe even five and one. They're a good team, man, and uh, I think they'll be all right. They'll they'll be able to weather the storm. They'll get him back for the final ten games. He'll be rested, and he'll be ready for the playoffs. All right, coming up next, we're going to take your fantasy football questions, 855-478-7030. You can also email us, radio at footballnation.com. Hit us up on Twitter, at FBallNation. Kerry Byrne from coldhardfootballfacts.com is going to join us. We're going to talk about Cold Hard Football Facts Insider. It just launched this week. You're not going to want to miss the interview. Kerry joins us next. You're listening to Football Nation. Football Nation, the pulse of NFL fans everywhere. <laughs> You know who wasn't surprised when the likes of Tom Kaepernick, Alfred Morris, Doug Martin, and RG3 took the NFL by storm last fall? The guys at collegefootballgeek.com. That's who. Collegefootballgeek.com has been the nation's premier college fantasy football strategy and advice site since 2008. We're in the business of identifying fantasy gold at the college level. At collegefootballgeek.com, you can run mock drafts against the mighty CFG computer, customize your own fantasy cheat sheets, tap into our experts for advice, and keep up with the latest player news for all 124 schools. And the best part, it's free to subscribe. So whether you want to dominate your college fantasy football league, or if you simply want to get an edge on your NFL fantasy leagues by identifying tomorrow's fantasy stars, today, check out collegefootballgeek.com coldhardfootballfacts.com insider will change the way you look at the game of pro football with our groundbreaking quality stats these are stats that have direct correlation to winning football games the proof is in our performance at coldhardfootballfactsinsider we analyze every team and pick every game every week straight up and against the spread Cold Hard Football Facts insiders have gone 500 or better against the spread in an incredible 72% of weeks since the start of the 2009 season. Visit coldhardfootballfacts.com, click CHFF Insider, and uncover the statistical secrets that separate winners from losers in NFL games. The proof is in our performance. Become a Cold Hard Football Facts Insider today at coldhardfootballfacts.com. 
Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won hundred grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. You don't look at stats or chicken wings the way Kerry Byrne does. It's time for the cold, hard football facts right here on Football Nation. All right, welcome back. Bill and Todd just getting started here on Football Nation. And we're gonna, we'd like to welcome in our partner in crime, Kerry Byrne, who joins us right now on Football Nation Radio Network. What's going on, Kerry? How's it going today? But, you know, I've had kind of a down day. You, 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 in the bumper uh, intro there, you guys referenced uh, me and football and chicken wings, and I just learned that there's a new chicken wing documentary out, and I'm not in it, so I'm rather disappointed, guys. So what? I'm, chicken I'm, wing I'm documentary? Football. Where, is it, where is this, the chicken uh, wing you documentary? You know, it's to me on Facebook. It's uh, some independent documentary about, about the great American chicken wing. Carrie, they could have just gotten some cameras to follow you around for they a week. They could have just watched me bathe in a trough of wing sauce, and that would have been a smash hit. Instant, instant, instant Oscar. Carrie, during last year's, we went, you and I took a road trip down to New Orleans from Boston uh, for the Super Bowl. Yep. We had a chicken, a buffalo wing kind of race to see who could eat the most buffalo wings in 60 seconds. I finished in last but you didn't even get in first place. Frankie C. beat you out. Frankie C. won the Buffalo Wing Eating Competition. It was part of, Bill, remember, our man catalog. That's right. manly skills of dexterity and daring do. Uh, Frankie C. would have, but you know what? I'm a marathoner. I'm not a sprinter. Right. You might and be I able to eat 100 over the course had, of an hour. We had a sprint with, uh, uh, I just forgot who the judge was, Bill. Quadri Ismail. With Quadri Ismail judged our sprint, one of the main Catalan events, we had a foot race, and Bill Enright, being younger and, and, and better looking, won that by a mile. I don't think it has anything to do with my looks. It has to do with my supreme athletic skill. That might be it, too. Yeah, yeah. He didn't win it by a mile, Kerry. The race was 10 yards long. Yeah. I know, but he, <laughs> he won by like about foot. nine yards. <laughs> No, but Carrie, I think you're right. If, if it was a marathon buffalo wing eating contest, you would be the winner. No competition. That's right. Yeah. All right, let's get back to some real football discussion here. Uh, Carrie, Todd and I were just uh, talking about Von Miller. Todd doesn't know if this is really going to impact uh, the Broncos' season as much as I think it is. I think this is a big blow to their defense. What's your take on it? Well, you know, I look at everything through the prism of the stats, the data, the cold hard football facts, right? I'm going to read to you the four all-time sack leaders after two years in the NFL, okay? Number one is Alden Smith, playing right now for the 49ers, right? 33 and a half sacks. Number two, Reggie White, pretty good football player, guys. 31 sacks in his first two seasons. And number three, tied for number three, Derek Thomas. I don't know if you heard, but he was a pretty good football player, too, guys. Yeah, sure. 30 sacks in his first two years. And Vaughn Miller, also 30 sacks in his first two years. We're talking an elite defensive performer, guys. And last year, on you know, uh, on our defensive hog index, the Cold Heart Football Facts, Denver was number one, the best defensive front in football with the bullet. I do think this materially 
I agree with that, but Bill's saying it's going to affect their whole season. My my take is he's going to miss the first six games. It's a 16-game season plus the playoffs. He'll be there for the final 10. He'll be there for the playoffs. And the first six, they've got three layups that they're going to easily win. And I don't yeah, agree with, with that, Scott. What's that? I don't agree that they, they have three layups. Jacksonville and Oakland are two. Philly, no, they got three those, But I think Philly's going to be a much improved team because you start out with Baltimore. Uh, you they know, got Philly at home. I, I think, uh, you know, Philly, and we I think we talked about this on a previous show, Philly was a very talented team that was a dumb team that played stupid football, and we chronicled that basically yeah. last year. I think with Chip Kelly, that's going to be a vastly improved team. I can see that being a 10 and 11 win team this year. 10 I don't or 11 that's a win team, the Eagles? I don't see where they're playing. Wow. Well, back to the Broncos. I, I just think that, it, yes, with Von Beller, maybe they go 6-0, and whatever. I, I think that they'll go 5-1, and 4-2 and two in the first six games. I mean, I'd probably 4-2. They four may. And two. Listen, if they do, you know, more power to them. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, guys, there's really only one position that matters in the NFL, and that's quarterback. And the Broncos are clearly well-equipped at that position. The reason why they're a Super Bowl favorite, the reason why, uh, you know, a lot of the Vegas sports have them uh, right now, the over-under 11.5 wins this year, tops in the NFL. It's because they have one of the great quarterbacks of all time. And if you're good, if you're solid at quarterback, it almost doesn't matter where else you're weak. I mean, it does to a, a certain extent, obviously, but uh, you can still win a lot of football games with a great quarterback. And, you know, the Broncos have that. So I, I do think, I, I, do, I can see this costing them a game, maybe two, uh, in the first six games. At least I can see it costing, costing them a game. And you know what? In the NFL, that one game can, can make all the difference when it comes to, you know, tiebreakers and divisional crowns and, and, you know, who gets home field advantage, you know, if, if them and the Patriots are both have the same record. I mean, that could, that can end up really costing them at the end of the day. Terry, how good were the Broncos in getting after the quarterback? You listed Von Miller's stats compared to the, some of the all-time great pass rushers. But how about the Broncos as a team? They lost Elvis Dumerville now playing with the Ravens. Yep. Now the first six games are going to be without Von Miller. Are they still going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback? Well, let me, let me tell you, let me, let me break it down this way. In our defensive hog index, right, that's the measure we have at Cold Heart Football Facts, of every defensive front in football. The Broncos were number one in that indicator by a pretty sizable margin last year ahead of the 49ers, okay? Uh, they were number two against the run. They were number one in third down defense. And they were number three getting after the passer. They forced a sack or interception on more than 11% of dropbacks last year. That's a pretty phenomenal number. Yeah. Uh, you know, and only you know only two teams were better. And so, obviously, they got after the quarterback very well. But not only were they good last year, this was, according to our numbers, the best defensive line since the 2008 Steelers ranked number one across the board in every single component of the defensive hog index. And by the way, those 2008 Steelers won the Super Bowl. So yeah. we were, we're talking a very elite defensive front. It's lost a couple key, key pieces now. So I, I do see, this is where I see it having, having an impact, you know. All right, does so carry. Does it cost them a key interception? What, you know, somewhere along the way, there's going to be some material impact in a game caused by these losses. All right, so I think that we're all in agreement. It to some, it's to some level, obviously, Von Miller's going to have a big impact on the first six games of the year, and you know, maybe it'll cost them a game, maybe two, but over the course of the season, does this mean that maybe the Patriots are the favorite in the AFC now, or do you still have the Broncos up at the top? Well, you know what? I've, I've been still bullish on the, on the Patriots all along, guys. I, you know, the uh, – well, we talked about it a moment ago, right? If you have a great quarterback, you're a contender in the NFL. As simple as that. And the Patriots still have a great quarterback. And by the way, that great quarterback's been lighting it up through two preseason games. Not that that 
really matters, but it's further confirmation of what we've seen throughout his career, that Tom Brady's a, a great quarterback. I can see with Adrian Wilson and, and Akeem Tlaib, if he's healthy all year, that secondary being a lot better, which has been the, the Achilles heel of the Patriots since 2006. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I still I still think the Patriots are right there, and if I had to pick, we'll be publishing our predictions next week. So I, I haven't crunched every single final number, but there's a good chance uh, we have the Patriots as our AFC champion. Uh, you know, they're, they're still... There's still a team that is, we consistently wins 12 games year after year. And so I, I'm still pretty bullish on the Patriots myself. Uh, Kerry, let's move over to another team in the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals. They're getting a lot of publicity right now because they're on HBO's Hard Knocks, one of yep. my favorite shows of the summer. They look good. They were a playoff team the last two seasons. Andy Dalton is entering his third year. What do you make? What are the cold, hard football facts, quality stats say about the Cincinnati Bengals' chances for 2013 success? Well, you know, I like I like their defense. Their defensive front is great. they got they got a lot of young talent there, especially in the middle. But, you know, we could talk. We come back to the quarterback, right? I like Andy Dalton. He's a nice little player. He's You know, he's played by the standards of a guy two years into, into his career. He's played pretty well. He's won the playoffs now a couple times, right? So yeah. that's just a lot. But you know what? The Bengals last year were only 15. And what we call real quarterback rating, a measure of all aspects of quarterbacking play. This is a team, at the end of the day, that's mediocre in the most important position in football. And I still see them as, barring some dramatic uh, improvement in, in, in how Dalton plays. And again, a nice player. You know, a, you know an improvement over what they've had uh, you know, in, in recent years in a lot of ways. But uh, still an average, he's really an average, mediocre-type quarterback, guys, according to our numbers, according to... Uh, real quarterback rating, which, by the way, it, it, real quarterback rating is part of uh, what we are, some of our new stats at Cold Heart Football Facts Insider. We have what we call our statistical big boards that mm. rank every performance and every indicator from top to bottom, from worst, first to worst, uh, in every game all year. The top 102 teams in real quarterback rating last year went 101-1, and guys. Wow. Talk about a killer stat. Talk about... And a mind-blowing stat, if you won this one statistical battle, real quarterback rating, the top 102 performances went 101-1. and one. It's almost impossible to believe. So that kind of speaks to the importance of that position. To bring it back to the Bengals, they're 15th in that indicator, or they were 15th last year. So I'm not quite as bullish on the Bengals as a lot of, as a lot of folks are right now. Talented team, fun team, uh, team with good young talent, team getting a lot of exposure right now. But at the end of the day, still not. Doesn't have the statistical gravitas to be a champion quite yet. I guess the devil's advocate to the Bengals and the Andy Dalton discussion, Kerry, is I'm, I'm looking at his stats. He's only a third-year quarterback. Uh, the first year, 58% completion percentage. Second year, he improves that to 62. Um, his touchdown-to-interception ratio improved from year one to year two. Yep. His court, you know, his, so I think that many pundits are thinking that he will continue to improve this year, and based upon all the other kind of sexy uh, weapons, what do you call the wide receivers at Cold Hard? Carol? Shiny hood ornaments. The shiny hood ornaments. You know, he's, <laughs> he's got the <laughs> I wide Bill, receivers. Bill and I do not agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> But my point is, is that you know when you talk about the general public, I think that they're looking for him to make continue to, to make strides forward. Hey, no, I, I I think he should. And listen, I'm rooting for the kid. He's a, he's a, he's a he's he's a good young quarterback, and he he could emerge into a, you know he could become a star. I mean, he really could. And I think he's on the cusp of that. Is he good enough to supplant Tom Brady and Peyton Manning? And and the guy I think everyone's sleeping on the team everyone's sleeping on is Big Ben and, and the in the Pittsburgh Steelers guys. 
you know, they never, they never, going back to the early 1970s, never have two bad years in a row. I think twice they've been 500 uh, or worse two years in a row since 1972. Okay, we're talking the elite organization in all of football. I can see that team winning 10 to 12 games this year, and, and I think they're probably going to be a better team than, than the Bengals this year. I mean, I, Ben Roethlisberger, by the way, had a pretty, pretty damn good year last year. If you look at the numbers, I mean, he... 27 touchdowns or 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 97 passer rating, 7.3 yards per attempt. I mean, Big Ben is still putting up, you know, pretty big numbers, guys. Uh, that team had a lot of uh, kind of a lot of mental issues last year, a lot of turnovers, a lot of problems. But uh, you know, he's still a pretty damn good quarterback. And oh, by the way, a two-time Super Bowl champ and architect of one of the great championship drives in the history of football. So I think nobody's talking about the Steelers, and they should be talking about the Steelers before they talk about the Bengals. You know, and speaking of that uh, Bengals-Steelers potential rivalry here, I agree with you, Kerry. I think people are sleeping on the Steelers, um, despite some of the injuries that they've had in the, in the preseason. They face off in Week 2 and in Week 15, the Bengals and Steelers. you got to figure that Week 15 uh, Sunday night battle in uh, Pittsburgh is going to be for all the marbles for that division. That could be a huge ball game. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, you know, I think some of the best football – in the NFL, is, is other than the Browns, has played in the in the AFC North, right? I mean, those kind of old slobber-knocker games. You know, the, the, obviously the big one being Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And I think, guys, I forget the exact number. We talked about it last year. I think something like 11 of the last, like, 13 Ravens-Steelers games have been decided by, like, exactly a field goal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, something ridiculous where it's always a three-point game. Uh, so I think that division's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. And, uh you know, I don't. I don't know which division is going to be the most exciting. I mean, people were really high in the NFC West for obvious reasons, but I think the AFC North is going to be a lot of fun this year. And plus, obviously, you know, the home of the defending champions, guys, who are going to be, you know, have a kind of a, a champion that has a lot to prove. If that makes sense. So, Kerry, you tease us a little bit with your big board, one of the new features at ColdHardFootballFacts.com Insider. What else is in store for the Insider? I know you launched it this week. You know, Bill, we got a, we got a lot of great stuff this year at Insider, a lot more stats analysis, a lot more writers, uh, you know, betting analysis, uh, prop analysis. We have some of the best folks in the business who are going to be writing for us this year. Uh, and statistically, we've launched seven new quality stats. We're going to track all these indicators in new and different ways. We have our correlation to victory, our predicted rate to victory. And the key, the, the one thing I'm excited about are these big boards, which show the winners and losers in every indicator each week throughout the year. And the, the value in those still is a football fan is going to be going to be able to come to Cold Hot Football Facts Insider and instantly know the most important stats in football and what wins and loses games, and instantly have a uh, an understanding of, of what football is all about and what you need to be good at to win games. And like I said, I threw that indicator: teams better in real quarterback rating last year, the top 102 teams, 101 and one. Where else do you find stats like that 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 are almost perfect? I mean, that's a nearly perfect stat. That stat, real quarterback rating alone. Is almost as good as the final score. Wow. I mean, that, that's almost a perfect, uh, you know, a perfect correlation between score and real quarterback rating. And we track that correlation for every single indicator. So, what, and, and by the way, the other great thing at Cold Heart Insider, customized team pages. If you're a Patriots fan, customize your homepage to be a Patriots insider. If you're an Eagles fan, like Todd, customize to become an Eagles insider. Uh, a Giants fan, become a Giants insider. You can do that all at Cold Heart Football Facts Insider this year. And basically what you really do is you help people win money when they're betting on football. 
You know, that, that's a big part of what we do. We break down every game, every week, straight up and against the spread. We've done it for four years. We have an incredible track record against the spread. Uh, and we, we don't pick and choose our spots like the guy with the 800 number, Bill. We, we put our hefty ass on the line, as we say, every game, every week, picking every game, breaking down every single game. And, and the accuracy really is incredible. And, you know, in some of the, a lot of the, you, know, you don't win every game, right? But even the ones we get wrong, you would know what's going to happen ahead of time. Uh, statistically, how a game's going to unfold by reading our picks at the Cold Heart Football Facts Insider. you got to love it. You can follow Kerry on Twitter, at Football Facts. And again, if you're serious about making some uh, wagers this season, although we don't, uh, uh, we're, not, we're not trying to say that uh, we advertise gambling, but for those of you that may want to just make a few friendly bets with your friends, make a few friendly bets, maybe who buys the next Buffalo Wings, uh, you can all find out who's going to win the games at coldheartfootballfacts.com insider. So, Kerry, we appreciate you joining us, and, right, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Guys, excited about the new insider, and uh, two weeks away, we're going to have some fun. Thanks, Kerry. Talk to you soon, man. Looking forward to it. Bill, I was in there last night digging around on the new insider. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy, man. You know, it's one. Of, you know, when you go on a website, it, it, you're kind of like watching TV. You get your laptop uh, on the couch, and before you know it, it's like three hours later, and you're like, "What the hell did I just do for the last three hours?" Yeah, I spent three hours on Insider just digging through the stats, and these are from all like last year's stats. It's all it's all good stuff. The the quality stats. Do you know the ones I always liked? That uh, these are some of his older quality stats, and the new ones are the new stats he's unleashing are awesome too. Bendability and scoreability. Love those. Yeah, those are the coolest ones. I mean, that that's just kind of like uh, I just love that stuff. And he ranks all the teams, and and I like that he thinks that my Eagles uh, are going to have a rebound season. Yeah, how about that? I think uh, I think I uh, I like Kerry for for that prediction. Um, Ten wins, I would take that right now. You know, I was trying to say that we, while we don't condone gambling, I mean, football and co- NFL and college football. It's not like it's a secret that people bet on football. So if you need help in that area, that's what Kerry Byrne does. Excellent. Great job at coldheartfootballfacts.com. Yep. Yep. The uh, Again, and if you like stats, Bill, even if you aren't into the gambling aspect of it, if you just like stats, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, I know that you and I actually dive in there when we're doing our fantasy analysis, especially once all the stats roll in two, three weeks into the season. It's crazy. You know what Carrie's like? Carrie's like that Jonah Hill character from that baseball movie, the Sabermetrics with the I don't even know Brad the Pitt. movie I, with like I hate baseball so much that I don't even know the name of that movie. Hardball, <laughs> Moneyball, Moneyball. Yeah. Bat, you know, base something something, whatever. That's what Carrie's like. Carrie's like that Jonah Hill character. That Sabermetrics kind of looking at stats. That's what Carrie does, but not for individual players. He does it for entire teams. It's really cool. Good stuff. Really. So what do we got next, buddy? Up next, we're going to get to your fantasy football questions. We're taking your phone calls. Yeah. Give us a ring, 855-478-7030. You email us at radio at footballnation.com. But, again, the phone line's wide open. If you have a draft question, getting ready to prepare for your domination in your fantasy drafts, right now is the time to get your question answered, 855-478-7030. We're going to break down the ADP report, who's overvalued and undervalued, plus your phone calls. That's all coming up next. You're listening to Football Nation Radio. Football Nation, there is no off-season. 
Win your fantasy league and your trophy too. It's FF Champs, FF Champs for you. News advice, rankings, and expert advice too. FF Champs is for you. FFChamps.com, ensuring you win from draft to playoffs. FFChamps.com, extraordinary results for fantasy football dominance. FootballNation.com is all football all the time. It's a one-stop shop for diehard football fans to get their football fix. NFL, college football, fantasy football, news, analysis, videos, articles, and podcasts. You'll find it all on FootballNation.com. It's a great place to interact with thousands of hardcore, passionate NFL, college, and fantasy football fans. Want to get in the game? The Football Nation community gives hardcore fans the power to share their opinions, views, passions, photos, gripes, stats, or analysis. FN has the biggest network of user contributors dedicated solely to covering football. Join our team today and instantly launch your own team, player, or fantasy football column or blog. Build your own personal brand and following with your Football Nation portfolio of content. If you love football, you belong on FootballNation.com. Simply sign up for free at FootballNation.com and become a citizen of Football Nation today. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won 100 grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. Football Nation, the pulse of NFL fans everywhere. All right, welcome back to Football Nation. Bill Enright, Todd DeVries, hanging out with you on the Football Nation radio network. And, Todd, it is fantasy football draft season. The regular season for the NFL is just two weeks away. People are starting their drafts. This is a big weekend for drafts. Next weekend, Labor Day weekend, big weekend for drafts. So we know a lot of you have some questions about who to pick in the first round, who to when to take a quarterback, what wide receivers we like. You can give us a call. The phone lines are wide open, 855-478-7030. Now's the time. If you need some help with your fantasy leagues, now's the time to give us a ring. Oh, Bill, this is it, man. This is crunch time. This is where we make our... Put a reputation on the line, man. Year after year, this is the uh, the sweet spot of uh, of draft season. So this is it, man. The emails were crazy for the Tuesday show, um, just from all angles, Bill. Lots of good yep. questions. A couple guys, uh, a couple guys had some really interesting questions with dynasty leagues, keeper leagues, redraft leagues. You name it. We we uh, we we got the full gamut on Tuesday. And and if you're serious about winning your fantasy football league, you really have to check out ffchamps.com. It's only twenty nine ninety five at this point. 
We do everything to help you get prepared for your drafts. Plus, we're with you all season long. We're basically your co-manager. We want to help everyone dominate their fantasy leagues. And, Todd, speaking of fantasy leagues and domination, how about DraftKings.com? If you want to win real money playing fantasy football, DraftKings.com has over a million dollars in cash prizes up for grabs for their kickoff bash starting in week one. That's just week one, over a million dollars in cash prizes. That's kind of crazy. Monster. Monster cash, Bill. Yeah. Can't wait to uh, get a chunk of that cash. <laughs> Are Again, we allowed to? Uh, we got to find out. We I gotta, still haven't figured that out. I got to email my man Josh and uh, another Josh, not our producer Josh, another Josh that I work with at DraftKings. I got to see if we're eligible to play in those contests. Mm. Because the worst thing that can happen is I finish in, like, I don't know, 10th place and I win 500 bucks, and all of a sudden I get an email, sorry, you're not eligible. The 11th place guy wins it. Oh, yeah, right. Everyone moves up a spot. Mm. Anyway, they have a free entry with your first deposit. So they have a $30,000 play action league where the winner gets $5,000, and it's free entry with your first time deposit. So you're basically putting up nothing with the chance to win five grand. I don't know how you can go wrong with that prize, with that contest. Bill, which show? I mean, we only have a couple shows left before... uh... That's it. Two more shows until the regular season. Before the regular season. So which we got to do a segment, a nice long segment, analyzing the salary cap uh, situation over there at DraftKings so that we can help everybody play. Because I was looking at that the other day too, and there's definitely a few value plays in there. Yeah, we'll have to start kind of looking at week one schedule because in Daily Fantasy, Todd, it's not like the regular season. It's not like your regular fantasy league where you're looking at the entire season. Daily fantasy, weekly fantasy, you only care about that week's matchup. So if Drew Brees is playing against, or if the Saints are playing against, I don't know, the Raiders or a team without a really good pass defense, you're going to want Drew Brees, Jimmy Graham, Marquise Colston, maybe Darren Sproles on your squad. Now, obviously, you have to stay in that budget constraints, right. but the price has to be right. Right, the price has to be right, but again, you can load up on players that are playing against a weak defense. That's what I try to do. I look at the matchups, and I really kind of take advantage of good offenses playing against really bad defenses. No, I can't wait to dive into that. But first, Bill, we've got to dive into the you know draft season for the yeah. for the season-long peeps out yep. there. Sure. So where do we want to get started today? What do we got for the people? All right, so we have an ADP report on ffchamps.com. My, my man Mike Leitz does an excellent job of looking at the latest ADP uh, kind of matrices that we have at FF Champs and looks at who's being overvalued, looks at who's being undervalued based on their average draft position. So first, let's start off with the quarterbacks. Who is undervalued right now, Todd? We have two here. Tom Brady with an average draft position of the late fourth round, fourth pick, eleventh, uh, fourth round, eleventh pick, and then we have Colin Kaepernick with an ADP of seven. So he's going in the seventh round. Both of these guys, top performers at their position, but they're going really late in drafts. Yeah, how about it? And uh, I mean, the, the Brady one you could kind of see coming, right? Because of the just the off season. Uh, Gronk's hurt. You know, Hernandez is gone. Walker's gone. You know, there's been a lot of negative news out of Patriots camp, obviously, during the offseason. So I kind of figured that, you know, the general consensus out there would, you know, would underrate Brady just a little bit. Yeah. And that's kind of what's happened. So to me, it's not that surprising, mm-hmm. you know. The Kaepernick one, on the other hand, is kind of surprising because he's that new, fresh, sexy player 
dual threat who blew it up in the playoffs. So the last time we saw him, he was running all over the place, crushing the Packers. I mean, how many yeah. fantasy points? I know a lot of people don't play fantasy during the NFL playoffs, but there are some games you can play out there. How many fantasy points did he have in that Packers game? Uh, I think he had 45 fantasy points that Good week. Lord. Right. So how in the world, again, when you're talking general public and most of the people and most of the leagues out there, most of the people in your leagues are kind of what I'm talking about, the general consensus. I would have thought Kaepernick might have been overrated heading into this year, but that's not the case. There's so many good quarterbacks, Bill, that I think he just kind of has found a kind of a pecking order in the minds of fantasy drafters, and that pecking uh, order is seventh, seventh round. You mentioned all the question marks with the New England Patriots this year driving down Tom Brady's ADP. And usually when we look at elite quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, and Drew Brees, Tom Brady, we, we say that we're not going to draft those guys because we like to stay away from our quarterbacks. We mentioned the depth at the position. You can get a guy like Kaepernick in the seventh round. Why waste your second or third round pick on a guy like Drew Brees? But with Tom Brady going in the fifth round, that becomes a value pick at that point, right? Uh, totally. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You've got two running backs. Um, two, three running backs and a receiver at that point. Maybe two running backs, two receivers. Yep. It's time, you know, if he's sitting out there in the fifth round, you know, unless your scoring is just so anti-quarterback, yeah, I'd go, I'd go for it. And then, how about an undervalued quarterback, Todd? Seattle Seahawks quarterback. Overvalued. 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 I'm sorry. Overvalued. So this is a player that, based on his average draft position, we don't think it meets his level of projected uh, production. Russell Wilson, average draft position of eight, eighth round. So he has an 8.08 uh, ADP. That means he's going somewhere in the middle to late eighth round. The reason why we think Russell Wilson's overvalued at that point is because you look at Kaepernick going in the seventh round, and we don't think Wilson can come close to what Kaepernick's going to do this year, only going around later. Yeah. I mean, again, with Cap, you know, he's yet to play a full season, and there's a you know, you could look at that as a positive or a negative. Yeah. You know, if you project what he did last year with in kind of a small sample size, I mean, he still rushed for 415 yards. They're crazy. And crazy five numbers. touchdowns in what? And that's in what, uh, eight or nine games? Right. So you project that out, you're looking at potentially, again, potentially, you're looking at a uh, 800 rushing yard season, 10 rushing touchdowns out of cap, potentially. Yeah. With Russell Wilson, we did see a full season out of him, so we kind of saw where, you know, what he's all about, and we like what he's all about as far as winning football games is concerned. Yep, dude's a total winner. But in a full season, he rushed for 489 yards and four touchdowns. So, uh, if you think that they can both kind of pass for around the same yardage, Cap gets the huge nod from the rushing ability because he's such a breakout explosive. He sure does. Runner. He sure does. And again, there's nothing wrong with Russell Wilson as a quarterback. And if you're in a 12-team league, you should be pretty confident in waiting on Russell Wilson late in your drafts and maybe being the last being the last guy to draft a quarterback and you grab Russell Wilson late. That's no problem. That's fine. We're okay with that. But we're not taking him in a 10-team league in the eighth round, just not doing it. And maybe if he had Percy Harvin healthy for a whole season, that would change our opinion. But that's not the case. So Russell Wilson, we're, we're down on him just a little bit. 855-478-7030 is the phone number. We're going to go to John in Boston, who has the 10th pick in a 10-team league. What's going on, John? Hey, how you doing, guys? We're doing great. How are you? Very good. Uh, get a question. I'm in a 10-team uh, PPR league, and I got the 10th uh, pick. 
and um, a couple ways I could go. I I could uh, I know I could probably get Forte as a running back, and I might even be able to go back to back with him and Richardson. Or I could go. Uh, I I know I'd get top of the line wide receivers. I could go Des Bryant, Marshall Jones, or AJ Green. They're all going to be there. Um, just trying to figure out what you guys think would be the best uh, plan of well, action. Bill. First of all, if, do, you, uh, do you think that Richardson's going to be there for you? Oh, if Richardson's there, I'd jump all over him. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, we have him as our number five running back right now in a full-point PPR league, John. Yeah. So if Richardson's there at 10, no doubt about it, that's who I'm taking. John, so so it sounds like you expect all of, you know, most of the, other than Megatron, you're going to have yep. your pick of the wide receivers. So this is what it comes yep. down to, Bill. In a PPR, yep. basically what John's asking is, Basically, do I take two running backs or do I go running back receiver in the 10-hole in the 10-team PPR league? How many receivers do you start, John? Uh, we can start uh, up to four. So you have three and then a flex. Yep. I think it's smart to get a stud receiver there. I do because I think there's a big drop-off after Demarius Thomas. So if you're talking about... Calvin Johnson, Brandon Marshall, A.J. Green, Des Bryant, Julio Jones, Demarius Tom- Thomas, I'll throw in Randall Cobb. You're not going to get any of those players on the third and fourth round swing back to you. Right. I think you grab Trent Richardson. If he's there, love the pick. Tremendous value. you got a top five player at the number 10 spot. And then you can yep. take one of those wide receivers who may put up similar stats to one of those other running backs like a Matt Forte in a full-point PPR. Yeah, grab one of those stud receivers. You start three of them. You have to start three of them. It's smart to grab one of them in, the, in that 11 turn. What if he's staring at Trent Richardson, LaShawn McCoy, and Ray Rice? You know. Or two of those three. I don't, how, how is that going to happen, though? Because you have to figure that at least eight of those running backs are going to go before him and then throw in Calvin Johnson. That's nine. John, will any quarterbacks go early in your league? Uh Normally, there's usually one taken. Um, I think this year, with all the value, I actually think there's, it's going to be all running backs and a Calvin okay. Johnson. Gotcha. Well, yeah, right, I, I, I kind of think of the same thing. Like, it's, if Trent Richardson's going to be there, it's really hard for to expect Ray Rice and McCoy to be there, too. No, I was and just saying two of those three. You know what I mean? I mean, if he, yeah. could, if he could double up with Richardson and McCoy or Richardson and Rice, would you advise that over – you know, Richardson and uh, Marshall or A.J. Green or Dez? Uh, when I take Richardson and Ray Rice instead of Brandon Marshall at 10-11. You start, so he starts two running backs, three receivers, and a flex, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, if, he, if you do go two running backs, John, I really think you'd have to do some really strong strategy in maybe the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds and get, and get some – really sleeper wide receivers on your squad because yeah. without if, if you're going to skip out on receivers until maybe the third round you take one receiver and then another running back or maybe you know you get a tight end at that spot i think you'd really have to hit on those sleeper wide receivers this year you know you'd have to depend on someone like cecil shorts or ty hill and or Deshaun jackson to really come through for you and play like a wide receiver two instead of a wide receiver three yeah, doing my mocks, I always end up with uh, Victor Cruz as my number one wide receiver, and uh, that doesn't impress me too much. Right. If you have Trent Richardson, Brandon Marshall, and Victor Cruz, and then you get a running back like Reggie Bush or Shane Vereen in the fourth round, I like that team a lot more than a Trent Richardson, Ray Rice, Victor Cruz, and, I don't know, Pierre Garçon. Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah. I'm going receiver in the sense. second round with you, my man. Yep, makes sense. Thanks, All right, guys. John, best of luck it. to you, and we appreciate uh, you calling in today on Football Nation. I'll see you over at FF Champs, uh, Bill. Looking forward to it, buddy. Take care. Take care. Bill, the key to that whole call was know your scoring system, You know, know your, sc- your league rules, because the th- starting three receivers, two running backs, and a PPR, it changes the, 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 it changes the whole dynamic. Big time. You know, that's the, I mean, if it was a standard league or you only start two wide receivers, you know, right. it changes, changes it up, man. So Absolutely. I see what you're saying there. You know, you can grab, if he thinks Trent's going to be there and you can get Dez or AJ or, or Marshall, um, you know, you've got a foundation at both positions. Then you kind of see what falls to you, you know. And the full point in the reception, full point per reception makes a huge difference, Todd. It really does. I mean, you're talking about Brandon Marshall had 118 catches last year. You know, it, it, I hate being so mad at math. I wish I could just come off this number with, at the top of my head, but I need to use my calculator. So if yeah. I do 118 divided by six, that's like another 20 touchdowns for Brandon Marshall. You, you figure touchdowns are worth six points, right? Yes. So if he has 118, you divide that by six. 118 divided by six. Yeah, yeah that's, that's another 20 touchdowns. Yeah. Like, that's not just, like, some scrub receiver catching, you know, 45 balls in a season. That's why a guy like Darren Sproles and Shane Vereen at the running back spot and you throw in Giovanni Bernard, that's why they're so valuable in terms of PPR leagues. Darren Sproles in a non-PPR league, he's not that good. But in a PPR league, he's a top 15 running back. Right. So if you're in that PPR format, ffchamps.com, rule number one for winning your fantasy football league, know your scoring system. Right. And I know that the FF Champs uh, members, Bill, when they submit their expert advice questions, we get to see their league rules. Everything comes through beautifully. You know their league rules. You know their starting lineup for questions and all that stuff. Oh, it's great. But when you call us or when you – you call us on the radio or you send us a random email on the radio, we do have to know those things. It makes a huge difference, man. Of course, 855-478-7030 is the phone number. You can hit us up on email, radio at, at footballnation.com. And uh, why don't you say, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Bill Enright. Todd is at CFF Geek. Stands for College uh, Fantasy Football Geek, Todd? Yep. CFF Geek. That's why we, we dominate in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues, because you're so good with the college players, it really helps me out a lot. Yeah, man. That's why... Uh... You know, last January, I was telling anybody to listen, Giovanni Bernard is going to be the man at the next and, level. And here he is, probably here the, he is. the number he, one rookie heading into this year's uh, we'll see. running back class. He hasn't class. played a meaningful down yet. We'll see, but so far, so good. Well, with the injury to Le'Veon Bell, the timeshare with Eddie Lacy in, in Green Bay, with uh, Jonathan Franklin yeah. and, and who else, whoever else they got, John Kuhn, you got Monte Ball with the Denver Broncos split in time with Ronnie Hillman. I'm, I'm hearing things about no Sean Moreno again. I can't believe oh, that. Oh, can you believe that? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, Bernard seems like one of those guys that may enter the season as a running back by committee, but by the end of the year, maybe he takes over the job from Jarvis Greenellis. I just think in Dynasty or Keeper Leagues, he's a no-brainer pick. He's the guy to go with. Yeah, yep. One of my buddies has the number one pick in the Dynasty League, and he got so mad when he heard about Le'Veon Bell's injury because he knew that now Le'Veon Bell is no longer of of, the top pick, and now he's going to take... Uh, he's gonna he's gonna miss out on getting Giovanni Bernard. I'm sorry, he has the second pick. He has, oh, number, second he has a number two pick, right? I'm sorry, oh. I misspoke. He has a number two pick. He thought Le'Veon Bell was gonna go first. 
But now that with the injury, Giovanni Bernard well, is going to That's kind of what I've been one. saying is if you're in a, you know, if you're just looking for the top rookie, before the injuries happen, Bell's probably going to produce more than Bernard in one season in regular format. Yeah. But Dynasty, I'd go Giovanni. Get the get the guy with the most talent. He's on a, he's in a good situation, you know. It's not like he's on the Raiders or some just horrible team, you know. By the uh, way, Levy on Bell will not need surgery. So that's pretty good news for the Steelers right now. They're saying that he has a shot of playing sometime around around week three or week four. I think more like week five, but week three or week four is six weeks out. That's what they're saying. Six to eight okay. weeks. So I think it's gonna be more like week five. Why yeah. rush him back? Why rush him back? Yeah. Yeah. All right, what do you say we get back to this overvalued, undervalued list? We're going off the latest ADP, the average draft position report. We just did the quarterbacks. We got Tom Brady and Colin Kaepernick as undervalued. Russell Wilson, because of his eighth-round ADP, is overvalued. How about we go to the running backs? MJD, Maurice Jones-Drew, Todd, consistently a top-five fantasy football running back, was out last year for the majority of the season with a foot injury. He has an average draft position right now in the third round. If he's staring me in the face in the third round, I am drooling all over my keyboard. <laughs> you know, it was a different set of circumstances, but didn't this happen with Adrian Peterson last year? It sure did. And if you took AP <laughs> yes. or AD, whatever his nickname is, in the third round, you may have won your league last year. Yeah, 90% probably, sure you won your league. You probably did, unless you butchered everything else. Uh, I was actually looking at the draft results for one of my leagues, Bill, uh, prepping for this year's league. You know, you always want to get the trends from the previous years. Yeah, see who guys out. kind of pick. Yeah, yeah how sure. many quarterbacks went in the first, second round, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I I just, one guy got him in the third round, Adrian Peterson. I was yeah, like, oh. That might be the biggest steal in fantasy football history. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, a, to a lesser extent, this is another one. Right. Yeah. I mean, just look. I mean, how? First of all, people think that Maurice Jones Drew is old. How old he's is he? Not twenty-seven. Right. In a contract year. No, he's a running back. So you know, twenty-seven for a running back is you know older than other positions being twenty-seven. Last year, Bill, obviously terrible year. Four hundred fourteen yards rushing, one rushing touchdown. The year before that, Bill, sixteen hundred rushing yards. 374 receiving, so basically 2,000 total yards from scrimmage and 11 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he's so productive over his entire career. I don't Contract know why. Contract year. Right. 27 years old. It doesn't matter that he plays on a bad team. He's the exception to that rule. Mm. Yeah, so he that's why he makes our list. Another one, Bill, is uh, the aforementioned Giovanni Bernard. Seventh round ADP for him. It's incredible because he's on hard knocks. He's getting overhyped on that show. People are see him as the first running back taken in this year's draft. So he's he's a well known rookie at this point in term as far as rookies go. For him to be going in the seventh round, you're in a PPR league. That's a guy you're going to want to pick up. Good enough for your running back three, maybe your flex spot by the end of the year. He'll be your running back two. But yeah. Potentially. Well, let's think about seventh round, what that means. I mean, by then, you typically have, what, two or three running backs, two or three receivers, and a, uh, maybe a tight end and a QB. All right. Maybe I'm, I'm skipping out on the QB. I'm skipping out on the tight end, going with the QB. In the, in one maybe of the, the other, yeah. Right, you right. probably have one, a QB or a tight end, depending on how things fall, waiting on your quarterback and all that. Right. Um, so he can potentially be, let's say you split the wide receivers and the running backs, he can potentially be your fourth running back taken. 
Exactly, because that's, that's what I was getting at. If he's a seventh rounder, and you've already picked six times, typically, Bill, through six rounds, you have three running backs, two receivers, and either a quarterback or tight end. Right. Right? Yep. So you're right. He's probably – you're getting him as an RB4. That's crazy. Now, in PPR leagues, I wonder what his ADP is. It's got to be higher. Yeah, it is a little bit higher in a PPR league. And here's the thing, Todd. You have to remember that at the start of the season, yeah, you're thinking that if you have Jamal Charles and you have Maurice Jones-Drew, they're your starters for the entire year. But you know what? Maybe Charles misses a game. MJD and Charles both have a bye. You want depth, and you want quality depth when you're talking about the running backs. So Giovanni Bernard is your fourth-string running back. That's a great play. I always kind of go after value instead of positional need. So if I'm in the seventh round and I don't have a tight end yet, that's all, that's fine with me. Yeah. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the quality player. I'm gonna take the value at running back. Right. Yeah, totally agree, man. Uh, speaking of running backs, Bill, how about Ronnie Hillman? Now he's not, you know, he doesn't have a clean situation there in Denver, mm-hmm. right? With Monte Ball coming in, the rookie from Wisconsin. You mentioned. Good Lord, no Sean Moreno starting to make some uh, rumblings out there in the Mile High City. That drives right me wild. Now, Ronnie Hillman, 13th round? Yeah, and his ADP has been slowly increasing over the last couple of weeks, Todd. He started off the you know the draft season. We launched our draft count on July 15th. So on July 15th, his ADP was not even being drafted. He was going in the 20th round. The only league that I'm in that's the 20th round is a really deep, deep, deep league. So for most leagues, for the most part, he wasn't getting drafted at all. Then he moved up to the 17th round, and now here we are about two weeks away from the start of the regular season, and we see Ronnie Hillman with a 13th round ADP. So it's slowly getting up there. And I think more people are starting to realize that even though the Broncos drafted Monte Ball in the second round this year, it's going to be a timeshare. It's going to be a running back by committee. And Ronnie Hillman, we know that he's an explosive player who can break off some really big runs. And we've said it a lot before on this show. It's going to come down to who's the better blocker uh, when it, for protecting Peyton Manning. That's what matters. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, it's it's all about where you're getting Ronnie. And I got him a couple weeks ago in a stupidly early draft, I think in the 14th, 15th, 16th round, somewhere in there. It was really, really late. And it was just a flyer. It was like by RB6, Bill. Yeah. What's the, what's the downside there? I'm not going to play him. He's not going to crack my starting lineup. But – Somebody gets hurt, you know, uh, or even if they stay split situation. Hillman's, you know, he's a decent play. And it was a PPR league, too. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. So, you know, it's all about taking rolls of the dice. For me, Bill, I like taking rolls of the dice in the very last rounds. And right now, Hillman, I mean, that's where he's going. I got an interesting perspective yesterday, Todd. I was in New York City at an NFL uh, media event, and I was talking with Marshall Falk for a little bit, and we kind of had like a little bit one-on-one interview. I'll I'll post a video either later today or tomorrow on Football Nation. I asked uh, Marshall Falk, who, one, played with Peyton Manning, and two, went to San Diego State University, the same school as Ronnie Hillman. So Mm -hmm. he kind of knows a little bit about, one, protecting Peyton Manning, and two, he knows about Hillman's history. And I asked him, which one do you see Monte Ball or Ronnie Hillman really being – uh, the more used, who's going to be more involved in the offense uh, when it comes to these two running backs? And he says, if you're just going based off what we see, what we've seen from Monte Ball in college and Ronnie Hillman, his first year in the NFL, you have to go with Hillman because he already knows the pro game already. That's a big advantage. So even though it's just one year of experience, 
that helps when it comes to being with Peyton Manning and, and knowing all the different audibles and knowing who he has to pick up in the blitz. So if you take Marshall Falk's word, for, if you don't take our word for it, take Marshall Falk's word for it. Ronnie Hillman is great value in the 13th round for your dynasty, or for your fantasy leagues. Compare him to Monte Ball going in the 6th or the 5th round. I mean, they're going to split carries at the very least. Maybe Hillman wins the job outright. For Hillman to be going eight rounds after ball, it's crazy. Well, and do we want to go and talk about our overvalued running backs right now? Because Yeah, Monte sure, hit them off. He makes the list, obviously, yeah. for everything we just talked about. We don't need to rehash it. He's a fifth-round pick right now. Hillman's 13th round. Uh, you know, where's the value there? It's with Hillman. Now, great. Now, again, Hillman. You know, he might he might be a, a huge fantasy bust by the end of the year. But at the 13th round pick, who cares? Take the right. chance. Yeah, yeah. So that to me is just it's kind of crazy the disparity between the two, especially when we think Ronnie Hillman's going to get equal or more touches than Monte Ball, and he's going in the 13th round, and Ball's going. I'll laugh when someone takes Monte Ball in the fifth round. I will laugh in their face at my draft. Because I'll say Ronnie Hillman's draft, even if I want to be safe, maybe I take Ronnie Hillman in the 10th round, and I'll look at him and be like, dude, you're an idiot. You took the guy, you're, you took Monte Ball in the 5th round, I got Ronnie Hillman 5 rounds later. I know. Hey, people love, this, love the sexy rookies, man. And they look at Monte Ball's 39 touchdowns in one season yeah. two years ago for Wisconsin, and they think right. that uh, you know that's all they look at. They can't see past that. And, hey, again, Monte Ball, he might wind up being the more productive fantasy back over the course of the season. Who knows? But the point is, who knows? And right now, Hillman has just as good of a shot as, as Ball. Why not take the value on, on draft day and grab Hillman over Ball? And then the final guy on our running back overvalued list is Lamar Miller. Fourth round ADP for the second yeah. year running back of the Miami Dolphins. And this one's kind of interesting, Todd. After Reggie Bush left, the Miami Dolphins came out and said, Lamar Miller is going to be the workhorse. We can we, we can certainly see 1,500 yards in 2013 for him. Jeff Ireland, the team's GM, was talking him up. The head coach, Joe Philbin, was talking him up. Their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, was talking him up. Everyone kind of quickly got on Lamar Miller's bandwagon back in March. So March, April, May, June, OTAs, minicamps, Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller. All of a sudden, now that preseason hit, we actually get to see Lamar Miller against some competition. Doesn't look that good. Fumbled on one play. He did have a touchdown. He had some pretty big runs, but he only played like in one or two series. And then all of a sudden, now Daniel Thomas is starting to make some noise down there in Miami. So it seems like Lamar Miller quickly went from having his own show in the Miami backfield to now splitting time with Daniel Thomas. I know, and that's disconcerting. Now, again, I'm going back to the league where we drafted two weeks ago, Bill. Yep. Don't draft early in the exactly. season. Exactly. Great point, Todd. I took Lamar Miller, but I took him in the seventh round. Okay. But I thought I was getting a steal in the seventh round. Right. Not so sure anymore. Um, but, you know, I had him as, like, he's my RB4 in that mm-hmm. league. But as the news started rolling in from Miami each and every day, I was thinking, oh, man, you know, it's just – it doesn't look good right now. That could change still. It's still obviously very early. But right now he's not living up to the the postseason, offseason hype as you uh, so eloquently described. Yeah. So it's kind of a shame that Lamar Miller's, you know – Again, you 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 uh, you said it, Todd. And great point. If you drafted a couple of weeks ago, it's amazing just how quickly things can change. Yeah, 
Oh, just it kills me. I'm looking at all the players I passed up on to get Miller. Just a killer, man. Let's uh, quickly go over to the emails. We have some emails coming in. Radio at footballnation.com. Here's an interesting one from Mark in Florida, Todd. I don't know why anyone would agree to do this, but Mark says, Hey, guys, I'm in a 10-team league. Our draft is determined by auto-drafting from our oh. pre-draft rankings. Any advice oh. on how to approach this? So I guess what Mark's saying is that before the draft, when he's on the clock, he's not going to be able to make his own pick. It's based on the players that he ranks before the draft even starts. What a crazy kind of backwards way to be drafting your team for the whole season. I hope Mark doesn't invest a lot of money in this because I do not like this format whatsoever. No, not at all. And uh, my advice is how, on how to approach this is I'd get out of the league and get into a league where you can draft live, whether online or in a room. <laughs> I guess what he needs to do is just list – 20, maybe 25 running backs, throw in some wide receivers in there in the top 15 maybe. I wouldn't even do quarterbacks until after 50 because what's going to happen is yeah, he's in a 10-team league, so everyone, if you're looking at the 50, the 50th pick, that's the fifth round. So I wouldn't put quarterbacks until maybe the yeah, top that's, 50 so, or top yeah, 60. Yeah, you're right. To help him out, here's the problem with this. The obvious problem here is if you don't do this right, you know, and it's hard to predict. Obviously, I mean, you could wind up your first six picks being running backs, or you know, or you 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 draft three running backs and four quarterbacks. You know right. what I mean? There's no way to control. No. So if he has Jamal Charles, Arian Foster, Adrian Peterson, Doug Martin, Marshawn Lynch at his first five picks, yeah, we don't even know what pick he has, by the way. And he has the ninth pick, and then he has all of a sudden he has Calvin Johnson and AJ Green as his sixth and seventh pick. That's who we may end up with in the first two rounds, and then by the time he comes around in the yeah. third round, maybe another wide receiver. Yeah, I do not like this. Too many headaches, too many question marks. I've never heard of this before, and probably the reason why I've never heard of this before is because it makes no sense. Sorry, but, Mark. I don't mean to – hopefully yeah. there's a lot of Marks in Florida where we're not just singling out one guy, but it is terrible. Yeah, I mean, I'll, but to, to help him out, I think what you, you're about to say at the beginning is what you, you should do. Rank a boatload, just start with a bunch of running backs, right? Mm-hmm. 20 running backs, whatever, 18, whatever the cutoff is. And then go with wide receivers, group, you know, seven or eight of those. And then after that, just a hodgepodge of players, man, and just hope it works out for you, you know? I mean, I don't know what else to say. You're at the mercy of the almighty computer. Yeah, it's That's tough, not a good man. thing. It's no. tough. We got another email from Brent. He's in a 10-man league, one-point PPR. He had two keepers, Todd, Doug Martin and Alfred Morris. So those are his running backs, quality guys there. Uh, They replaced his fourth and 14th round picks. Amazing value for Alfred Morris in the 14th round. He just had his draft. He has Calvin Johnson and Andre Johnson. He's got Jimmy Graham as his tight end, Miles Austin or Lamar Miller uh, as his flex spot. But the problem I have with his team is he has Andy Dalton as his quarterback. And in the 10-man league, Todd, you can do a lot better than Andy Dalton. I mean, there had to be guys taking their backup quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Tony Romo before while Brent was taking, I don't know, his fourth-string wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Blackman. I'm not sure. I don't know where Andy, uh, I don't know where Brent went wrong here. Well, uh, here's maybe what he did, Bill, is when you when you listen to us preach about waiting on your quarterback, you, you got to wait until a point, and then you got to strike. You know? You can't wait till everyone else starts taking their second 
quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. Then, I you're, mean, then you're in trouble. Be the last person to take their first quarterback. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, look at the whatever you want to do. Sometimes it's a good rule of thumb. It depends on where you are on the on the snake, you know, yeah. Bill. I mean, you could be you know, if you if you're in the ten spot or whatever and there's gonna be twenty picks coming up and there's only a couple of quarterbacks left. You know, look at your tiers and figure it out. You might need to strike, you know, a little, just a tad bit early, just to make sure you get one of them. Let me just go through his team here. So I'm get, so he has Doug Martin and Alfred Morris, fourth and fourteenth round picks. I'm guessing he took Calvin Johnson in the first round, okay. Jimmy Graham in the second round, Andre Johnson in the third round. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. You already have Martin and Morris on your team. PPR too. He had fourth round Doug Martin. We know that. Fifth round, I'm guessing he might have taken Lamar Miller. Sixth round, maybe he took Miles Austin. Seventh round, that's where I would have grabbed the quarterback. I don't know who he took in the seventh round. Lance Moore? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure who he took in the seventh round. I would have grabbed the quarterback there. Justin Blackman? I don't know where he – I don't know how he ended up with Andy Dolan on his team. I mean, Dolan is my 17th-ranked quarterback. Uh, Eli uh, Manning, Russell Wilson, Philip Rivers, Joe Flacco, Big Ben, all those guys. You should have had a Kaepernick, Cam Newton – yeah. three, someone like that. Should have thrown a pick in there. Sorry, Brent. We're a little bit worried about your quarterback, my man. A little bit worried. Todd, what do you say we take a quick break, and then we'll get back to your phone calls, 855-478-7030, and we'll also finish up the overvalued and undervalued wide receivers and tight end report, plus college football talk. We'll talk about the latest uh, only a week away from college football season. We're really excited. That's all coming up next on Football Nation. Every football fan has a voice at footballnation.com. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won hundred grand in his very first football contest. $100,000 the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com. Promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. Win your fantasy league and your trophy too. It's FF Champs. FF Champs for you. News advice, rankings, and expert advice too. FF Champs is for you. FFChamps.com, ensuring you win from draft to playoffs. FFChamps.com, extraordinary results for fantasy football dominance. You know who wasn't surprised when the likes of Tom Kaepernick, Alfred Morris, Doug Martin, and RG3 took the NFL by storm last fall? The guys at CollegeFootballGeek.com, that's who. CollegeFootballGeek.com has been the nation's premier college fantasy football strategy and advice site since 2008. We're in the business of identifying fantasy gold at the college level. At CollegeFootballGeek.com, you can run mock drafts against the mighty CFG computer, customize your own fantasy cheat sheets, tap into our experts for advice, and keep up with the latest player news for all 124 schools. And the best part? It's free to subscribe. So whether you want to dominate your college fantasy football league or if you simply want to get an edge 
on your NFL Fantasy Leagues by identifying tomorrow's fantasy stars today. Check out collegefootballgeek.com. This is Football Nation. Todd DeVries and Bill Enright bring you the latest trends from the NFL. Headlines, stats, fantasy previews, and more right here on Football Nation. All right, more Football Nation. we got about a half hour left in today's show. Bill Enright and Todd DeVries hanging out with you. Todd, let's quickly finish this overvalued and undervalued wide receiver list for everyone out there getting ready for your fantasy football drafts. And then we'll jump over to college football. The season's only a week away. We're excited for that season to get kicked off just as much as the NFL. We do it all here on Football Nation. That's what we love. We're all pigskin all the time. So back to this overvalued, undervalued report, Todd. Wide receivers. We got a few guys here, some well-known players. Started off with Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Jackson's going in the sixth round, late sixth round. He has an ADP of 6.11, and Garçon has an ADP of 5.11. Both of these guys, well-known players, but it doesn't seem like people are drafting them in their fantasy leagues this year. Well, you know, uh, with Deshaun, he's kind of had a spotty last couple of years, especially right. with all the quarterback issues in, in Philly. Right. He's looked tremendous in fall camp. Um, now, Deshaun Jackson seems to perform better when Mike Vick is healthy, which isn't often. But when Mike Vick is healthy, he's got a beautiful deep ball, right? Sure. That's where Deshaun comes in, man. So... Right now, uh, if you're looking at seventh round values, late sixth, seventh round with Deshaun, especially in standard scoring leagues, Bill, non PPR. Yep. I, I, you know, he's a good value play, no doubt about it. You know, Deshaun was always a guy to me that kind of was either a big boom or a big bust on a weekly basis. But now, without Jeremy Macklin in action, do you think he brings a little bit more consistency to his game? Perhaps. I mean, the big X factor is what's going to happen with Chip Kelly. How's Chip going to utilize Deshaun Jackson? Deshaun, yeah. if you look at Chip Kelly's playmakers at Oregon, mm-hmm. right? He always had speed, and sure. Deshaun offers that. So it's going to be really intriguing to see how he utilizes him. I don't think you've seen half the playbook in preseason. I mean, you know, they're not going to show you all the crazy trickeration stuff that Kelly likes to do. I mean, at Oregon, Bill, half the time you wouldn't kick an extra point. He'd just go for two. Right. He, he just line up and go for two. So <laughs> Chip Kelly, um, there's a lot. The first couple weeks of the season, one of the storylines will be the unpredictability of Chip Kelly's offense. So that, it will be interesting to see where Deshaun Jackson fits into that mix. All right, and then how about Pierre Garçon? Uh, he was expected to take over as the Redskins' number one wide receiver last year with RG3. But he had his own injuries. He was dealing with a toe injury all season long. But what we saw from him when he was healthy, he was dynamite. Explosive player. Made a lot of uh, big-time plays, a lot of touchdowns. I'm expecting a bounce-back year for Pierre Garçon. Six-round ADP. You buying into that? Uh, Yeah, I like it. Again, another guy who throws a great deep ball is RG3. Mm -hmm. And this guy's a, a... downfield threat so yeah i think that you know we always talk about trying to find those bounce back players the players disappointed last year but they disappointed for reasons that were kind of out of their control injuries or injuries to their quarterback right and that's what we're looking at here with the pierre garçon so i think that he'll be a guy late sixth round again especially in non-ppr i think he's one of those guys bill who's going to have a nice season all right and finally let's talk about kembrel tompkins todd it's been 
overly talked about with the Patriots losing all their weapons. Wes Welker, Brandon Lloyd, Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski's not healthy, Danny Woodhead's not on the roster. Kembrell Tompkins, undrafted free agent out of Cincinnati, has come into the Patriots camp. Looks like he's earned the number two wide receiver spot in that starting lineup with a 17th round ADP. Wouldn't you like to grab yourself at one of those playmakers from the Patriots passing game? <laughs> yeah, man. That's... uh. That's a steal. That's that's a roll of the dice worth taking, no doubt about it. He's yeah. looked pretty good, man. I mean, he's upstaged the high uh, draft pick Aaron Dobson out of Marshall in these practices. You know, when fall camp opened, uh, it was all the rage was about Aaron Dobson, and right. it has shifted to Tompkins. So he's definitely worth a roll of the dice in the later rounds. All right, then how about some undervalued wide res- or excuse me, overvalued wide receivers? Jordy Nelson from the Green Bay Packers, Todd. Had knee surgery, missed, is going to miss the rest of the preseason, missed all of the preseason to date so far, but he's not going to be uh, in action until week one. And, and even then, we don't know if he's going to be back 100% healthy. With a fourth-round ADP, just because this guy is playing with Aaron Rodgers, I'm not touching him in any of my leagues this year. Yeah, I agree, man. He's, uh, he's, he's one of those guys that gets overdrafted because of his name. Yeah, name recognition. Sure. And right now it's a little dicey. So I'm I'm with you, man. He he's one of those guys though, Bill, that I'm not gonna have to worry about taking because someone's gonna take him too early. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he'll be overdrafted. That's why he's overvalued. That's why it makes yeah, exactly. you overvalued. Less. Exactly. Let's jump back to the phone lines. Eight five five four seven eight seven zero three zero. Where Tim in St. Louis is on the line has a dynasty league question. Hey Tim, what's going on today? Hey, pretty good guys. How are you? Doing, Doing great, great my man. For us? Um, well, I'm in the Dynasty League. Uh, we get to keep three guys. Uh, my three guys are Sproles, uh, Matt Ryan, and uh, C.J. Spiller. Uh, Sproles is a second-round uh, keeper. Mm. Uh, Matt Ryan is a fifth-round keeper. And then Spiller is a seventh-round keeper. Mm. My question I have is uh, with, like, Ben Tate or even, like, a Ken Juan Barner in Carolina, um, would those be, like, really good picks? Or like late round drafting for potential next year. I know Ben Tate is probably going to be in a contract here. I think I'm not sure. I could be he wrong. Is. Yeah, I, I think the the thing are you looking for someone with late round value because Ben yeah. Tate and Kenyon Barter are totally different draft positions. I mean, Kenyon Barter might go undrafted in the most leagues unless you're in a really deep dynasty league, which it seems like you are. If you're looking for a really late-round guy, then, yeah, Kenyon Barner is a good pick. But if you're looking for a middle-of-the-road guy, you said you're losing a seventh-round pick in the for C.J. Spiller. Maybe you you can get Ben Tate in the tenth round. That would be a, a pretty good move. Yeah, I know, but the guys in the league, dude, man, they like they, they, they suck up the running back. Um, I do get a first-round selection, and I know everybody is on the band, uh, you know, talking about the Giovanni Bernard. I know, but, man, would you take a first-round pick on a, on a guy like a Giovanni Bernard? Well, it depends on who else is available. Who who are your other options, potentially? Uh, potentially, uh, Doug Martin, uh, MJD, uh, Reggie Bush, and I think Randall Cobb. I know those are decent first-round players, but like, we don't know where we're picking yet. Well, obviously, I mean, Bill, I mean, you can't take Bernard over those running backs. He just rattled Correct. Out. Absolutely not. So... And why um, why are you keeping Sproles in the second round? Pardon? Or is it a full point PPR league? 
Yeah, there's the PPR league. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, why are you why are you keeping Sproles in the second round? It seems a little bit high. Man, if I put Sproles back in the pool, man, you'll get sucked up. So, my other, my only other keeper worth keeping is Darren McFadden. No, he's an eighth right, round never keeper. Never mind. No, no, no. That's fine. That's all you had to say is Darren, and the words <laughs> my mind right. immediately changed. Um, yeah, I wouldn't take Giovanni Bernard in the first round. I would try to grab one of those stud running backs. Maybe you need a wide receiver on your team if you're keeping Matt Ryan and C.J. Spiller and Sproles. You might be already set running back uh, wide receiver. For a late round sleeper, man. I mean, we got a lot of them at FFChamps.com. You can check out the big sleeper list that we have for some long shots. And if you're looking for a good keeper, you know, you might want to look at some of these rookies like a Kenyon Barner or maybe a, a Jonathan Franklin or someone like Eddie Lacy uh, in late rounds because, you know, what's going to happen is at the end of the year we're going to see who's either being kept, who's washed up. You know, Frank Gore might be a little bit washed up at the end of the year. Maybe take Mar- Marcus Lattimore in, your, in the last round of your draft. So it really depends on how the rest of your team plays out and who's going to be available later on. Right on. All right, Tim, anything else we can help you with before we let you go? No, man, you guys are great. Uh, this is my second time listening to your show. and I've been a subscriber for over five years, and last year was my first year in the Dynasty League, and I finished in second place. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, man, you guys are awesome. Check out the Dynasty rankings at ffchamps.com. Uh, we have it all there for you, and, Tim, we certainly appreciate your call, and best of luck this season. Todd, finally, let's wrap up this undervalued, overvalued list. we got the tight ends here. I'm going to name two of them. Vernon Davis at a fifth-round ADP. Jared Cook at the eighth-round ADP. You have a little bit of problem with Vernon Davis, do you? Not a problem, but doesn't fifth round seem about right for him? Well, fifth round, uh, 5.07 is his official ADP. So the second half of the fifth round. Uh, Yeah, I think you're right. I think that is about where he's going. But even about where he's going, I still think he's being undervalued there. He could be the second tight end. He can be the second best tight end this year behind Jimmy Grant. I really think he could. Colin Kaepernick is going to look at him a lot this year because they don't have Michael Crabtree and they only have Anquan Bolden as the other receiving option. Who else is Who else is Kaepernick going to throw to? Uh, John I, Baldwin, I, who they just traded for? No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I just think that. I mean, what? Where would you take him? Fourth. No, I would I would take him in the fifth or the sixth round. I'm not right. touching my tight ends until late because the right. next so guy I'm going to mention. undervalued as a fifth rounder. I just think based on what we think he can do this year, if you like going after tight ends in the fifth round, that's a good value for him. Okay. Yeah. All right. But the next guy I love, Jared Cook in the eighth round. I'm all over him in the eighth round this year. Yep, I grabbed him in my uh, first draft in the I think the tenth round. Um, again, that was a week and a half, two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, he's getting—he's just a very athletic guy. Uh, you you got to figure that he's going to see a lot of looks from uh, Sam Bradford, man. He's kind of a safety valve type, too. He can do a little bit of everything, and he's looking good so far in the preseason. And then an overvalued tight end is second-year man Colby Fleener with the Indianapolis Colts. He's yeah. been a little—he's been a little bit banged up this preseason, and he hasn't been catching a lot of passes. Had some drops earlier in training camp, but with a 12th round ADP kind of boggles my mind why Fleener's going so early this year. Yeah, he hasn't looked good. you got to wonder if there's more to it. I don't I mean, I have no idea. It's pure speculation. He's just He was so solid in college, Bill. And his quarterback was Andrew Luck, same guy, <laughs> you know. And he just – he's dropping balls. He, he He's banged up. I don't know. There's something going on with him, and he's just not right right now. I'm not really touching him. I mean, where you can grab him, you can grab so many other um, – 
you know, sleeper tight ends I'd rather have than, than Mr. Fleener right now. I mean, Sudfeld from the Patriots, Cameron from the Browns. I mean, they're kind of going in a, maybe a round or so earlier, right? A round or two earlier. Yeah. But I'd much rather have one of them than Fleener right now. Totally. Totally. I I hear you. Fleener's just not a guy that's even on my radar, especially since I have Dwayne Allen too. Yeah. All right, enough about the NFL. What do you say we talk about a little a little college football, Todd? It's starting a week from tonight, seven days until the college football season starts. I, I know you're pumped up. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's sneaking up on us very quickly, you know. Uh, next week is uh, the countdown to kickoff. And as you know, Bill, they really do, kind of like the NFL's done with the Thursday night thing, well, college football does a whole slate of games on Thursday night. And the, one of the first games you're going to see right out of the shoot is probably the number one overall draft pick in the April or whenever they have the next NFL draft. I'm talking about moving it to May. The mm-hmm. Davian Clowney bill, the defensive end monster from South Carolina, they go up against border state rival North Carolina. So right out of the gate, you're going to have a high profile player to watch uh, six o'clock one week from tonight. See, that's what I love about college football. And the NFL kind of adopted what college football was doing. They have games throughout the whole week. You can watch a game on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night football, Saturday, Saturday yep. night. The yeah. NFL kind of took a page out of the college football book and put games on a lot a lot of times during the week. You know, and again, for those of you NFL fans out there, obviously keep, keep an eye on Jadavian Clowney. He's a beast. The other guy that won, uh, that will play that first night is Marquise Lee, Bill, from USC. I remember you went and saw USC against your Syracuse team last yep. fall. And back last year, they had Matt Barkley throwing the ball. They had Robert Woods, who everyone thought was going to be their uh, you know, go-to, go-to receiver. Guy. Yep. Turned out to be Marquise Lee. They're saying Marquise Lee is a surefire first-round talent. He might be a potentially top-10 type pick uh, in the next draft. So he kicks off his season number 24 usc plays at hawaii bill at at kickoff at 11 o'clock that night so if you're a night owl or if you're on the west coast keep an eye on that game so the usc trojans lost matt barkley to the draft they lost robert woods to the draft they're looking for their new quarterback the season starts seven days from now yeah and lane kiffin still hasn't named his starting quarterback no it's, it's actually what's pretty funny is marquise lee you know he's not a youngster anymore like he's not some little freshman that's been quiet he's starting to chirp a little bill <laughs> let him let him know what's going on so basically he his quote was great he said they were the reporters were asking him about why hasn't you know who's your starting quarterback you know what's going on with your coach and his quote was dude it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know who's throwing him the damn ball yeah he wants to know he's got a little bit of that swagger that you liked <laughs> You like in wide receivers. He wants to know who's going to win. Cody Kessler, Max Wittick, neither Bill are like the second coming. Do you know what I mean? Right. USC usually has a guy waiting in the wings that you know is going to be the guy, and they don't really have that right now at USC. These guys are kind of you know for their standards, by their standards, kind of running the mill kind of quarterback. So mm. USC receiver. Marquis Lee, dude, this is crazy. I'm still waiting. I'm waiting just like the rest of you. So he's getting a little uh, testy. It'll be interesting to see how his head coach, Lane Kiffin, reacts to that. All right. How about um, we, you know, we know that the season's starting a week from now, Todd, but 
it's always fun to make some predictions. It's always fun to kind of look, even before we get to the start of the season, to kind of look at the end of the season and make predictions based on what, what we've seen from past years, who's being, uh, you know, who's returning the amount of starters or the right. amount of seniors or whatever. You know, who's going to win the national championship? So in the last, what is it, Todd, the last six seasons, the last six years, an SEC team has won the national championship? I believe it's last seven years. Well, who was the last team not to win? Vince Young and the Texans? Yep. Texas? Texas. Yeah, Texas. Texas. Longhorns, Vince Young. Yeah. That's how long, uh, Vince Young's out of the NFL now, pretty much. Oh, he's back with the Packers. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how long ago it's been. It's, it's crazy. And guess what, Bill? Alabama's loaded again. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I just can't see how they're going to not hoist up that trophy again. Well, you know, let's talk about it because it's it's basically the SEC versus the world at this point, right? It always is. And Alabama, I mean, if you look at their schedule – you got to like their chances again. Now, they lost a lot of defense from last year, but they reload. You know, they don't rebuild down there in Tuscaloosa. They just reload with the best, basically the best prospects in the entire country. Right. Nick Saban just hand picks. Nick Saban gives you a call, you're going to Alabama. Right. You know, nobody tur- like turns him down anymore. So they're just going to reload. They have a veteran quarterback in A.J. McCarron who's won two national titles already. Yeah. He's back, he's a senior. They lose Eddie Lacy. They bring in T.J. Yeldon, who had a crazy good year, over 1,000 yards as a freshman last year. There's no drop-off there. By the way, uh, Amari Cooper is one of the best young wide receivers in the country. They don't throw it a lot there. But last year, as a true freshman, 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns. He's crazy. Plus just a million other recruits you can go on and on about. Defense is going to be solid. But the schedule, Bill – they uh, they open with Virginia Tech, who's okay. very down. The program's down. Then they have a bye week. Then they have Texas A and M, which is the game of the year. If you look at the whole landscape of college football, obviously they've got payback on their mind. They lost to Johnny Football last year at home. They have to go down to College Station. Will Johnny Football be there for them to face? We we think so. I mean, nothing. It's been pretty quiet on the Manziel front there, Bill. It certainly has, and we don't know if he's getting suspended yet, but all signs kind of point to Manziel being able to play. I mean, you know, if you can just put away all the noise, all the media noise aside, he's taken all the snaps with the first team. Like, right. Do you know what I mean? If, if you were Kevin Sunlin, his head coach, and you were worried about this whole situation blowing up, I mean, here it's seven days before kickoff, Bill, or nine days. I think Texas A&M starts on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Don't you think you'd get the the second string guy like a bunch of snaps with the ones to get him ready just in case? That's what one would assume would be the right move. They're not doing that, so you know. Interesting. Very interesting. So, but back to Bama. So they, you know, that's a huge hurdle for them. I think the Bama's going to smack A and M in the face with Johnny Football or without him. I I would, you know, don't get Nick Saban mad, and that's exactly what the Aggies have done. Then they're going to roll through the next six, seven weeks of the season, Bill, until they get to November 9th where they have LSU coming to Alabama, which will be a huge ball game, right? After Always that, is. Yes. And after that, you know, assuming they're in the SEC title game, there you go. So basically it's a three-game season for them to get to the national title game. you got at A&M, LSU at home, SEC title game, and then they'll be playing for yet another national championship, Bill. It's crazy. Who's going to knock then- them off? That's what I was going to ask, Todd. I mean, if it's not an SEC team knocking off Alabama, is anyone, maybe Ohio State, 
like I don't even know who would even be able to compete with them in the national title game to prevent them from winning what their third straight. Here's the deal: you've got it's really it's really Ohio. If you want to go outside of the SEC, yeah, okay, you you know it's really uh, you got to look at Ohio State and Oregon, and neither team inspires a lot of confidence <laughs> going up against Alabama. You know what I mean? Oregon lost their head coach, Chip Kelly, obviously, yep. to the Eagles. Yep. Ohio State returns all, pretty much everyone. Urban Myers, you know, got another year under his belt there in Columbus. They return Braxton Miller, who's the basically the leading uh, candidate for the Heisman, Heisman. Trophy this year, sure. dual-threat quarterback. Sure. They, they look pretty solid, but, you know, the Big Ten is down. Ohio State, if they go through the Big Ten undefeated, they're not going to have faced anyone of the caliber of Alabama. Right. So that's what happens is, you know, they went undefeated last year, Ohio State. This year, they're, they're not conference scheduled, Bill, okay? Non-conference scheduled for Ohio State. Buffalo, not <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Bulls. Yeah. They got San Diego State. They got Cal and Florida A&M, the Rattlers. Oh, God. That's, you know, that's how they're getting warmed up for their Big Ten slate. And then, you know. The Big Ten's just down this year. I mean, Michigan's, you know, on their way up, but the Big Ten is down, you know, and I think if Ohio State's able to get through, I think they're going to have their hands full with Alabama. It's hard to go against Alabama against anyone outside of the SEC. I think the SEC teams have to knock Bama off. Otherwise, Bama – if Bama gets to the title game, Bill, Bama's going to win it. Right. They just yeah, have to no get through stopped. the SEC, you know. Right, right. So – you know that's kind of the landscape there. I mean, Oregon's got the sexy offense. They got a lot of uh, you know playmakers back, and Marcus Mariota, their quarterback, and our man, the Black Mamba, DeAnthony Thomas, is back. Who's kind of a Mister Do Everything. You know? I love him. Yeah, he's back, and they've got a whole bunch of other recruits that are going to come in and fill up, fill in for Kenyon Barner, who's gone to the Carolina Panthers, as we talked about with the last caller. So their offense will be fine. You know, they are without Chip Kelly, but by the end of the year, they should be in good shape. But I just don't think this Oregon team can compete with the defense of Alabama. I think Alabama's so loaded on offense, right? And they, they can play it however they want, Bill. They can go vanilla on you. Mm-hmm. They can go smash mouth. Or they can throw it over the top. You know what I mean? You've got to catch Bama when they have like a young quarterback in there, and they don't. He's AJ right. McCarron is a vet, is veteran and as decorated a quarterback as we've ever seen in college football, and he's back. And you know, as Kerry Bernstead from Cold Hard Football Facts earlier in the show, from talking about the NFL, it all comes down to the quarterback, man. And Bama's got one. And uh, that Bama quarterback has a hot girlfriend to boot. <laughs> yeah, love me yeah, some Catherine Webb. Uh, She's easy on the eyes. Yeah. Is they still, are they still together? Like I don't know. She's, she's dumb as rocks, but she's hot. So. Yeah. She's taken <laughs> off to like the whole different world of celebrity status. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. Not anyway. Like, yeah. Uh, the season starts a week from now, and we mentioned Matt Bar. Uh, we mentioned the USC situation after Matt Barkley left. They don't know who their quarterback is. With the season only seven days away, Todd, how are these teams still having QB battles? Well, you know why they do this? The, the coaches, um, they know who their guy's going to be. They just haven't made it public yet because they don't want their week one opponent to know. Right. right? A lot of the quarterback battles that are out there, not USC, but at some of the other schools, Oklahoma, Kansas State, Auburn, um, they have a kind of a pocket passer guy and a dual threat guy right? in the right. battle. So if they come out and announce who their quarterback is, then the team that they're you know facing in week one 
can you know have a whole week to prepare for that particular type of quarterback you know which is a huge difference when you've got a guy that can run around like a maniac back there versus a, a cement footed pocket passer so right. that's why you see so many coaches waiting till the very last minute they might have already told their team they definitely have told their coaches what's going mm-hmm. on do you know what i mean yeah but they just don't want to tell the media until this late as possible some some cases so what are the situations that we're looking at? Who right. are some of the teams that, that we're waiting to see who the starting quarterback is going to be? The big one right now is Oklahoma, Bill. Okay, Oklahoma's a perennial top 10, top 15 program, and they got a guy called the Bell Dozer, Blake Bell. He's like 6'5", 250. Mm. He's a beast. And in past years, when Landry Jones was the pocket-passing quarterback, they'd bring Bell in at the, at the goal line. They called him the Bell Dozer because he would just rush for touchdowns like – he had, like what, 10, 15 touchdowns last year? Crazy amount of touchdowns. And everyone just thought that now that Landry Jones uh, you know, went to the NFL, that Belldozer would get the nod as a starting quarterback. You know, He's a fun guy to root for, big, giant Cam Newton-like guy. But the rumors are that Trevor Knight, who is more of a pocket passer, could get the job. And Bob Stoops has kind of denied it. So we're all waiting to see who the quarterback is at Oklahoma. Uh you know, obviously a high-profile school that has high aspirations every year. So Blake Bell versus Trev, Trevor Knight. It'd be shocking if Trevor Knight won the job, but that's kind of the rumor mill. That's kind of what the rumor mill has right now. Another one where they actually did announce it, Bill, and I want you to remember this name, okay? At Auburn, when they had Cam Newton a couple years ago and he had a record-breaking Heisman Trophy season, mm-hmm. their offensive coordinator was a guy by the name of Gus Malzahn who's just an offensive guru, kind of like a Chip Kelly. Right. And Gus Malzahn left after Cam Newton left, and he went to Arkansas State, and he did some good things down there. And then Auburn hired him this year as their head, co- as their head coach. So now yeah. he's running, he's calling the shots. He's an offensive guru. He loves the dual-threat quarterback. They announced this week a guy by the name of Nick Marshall is going to be the starting quarterback in Auburn. Okay. Bill, do yourself a favor at your lunch break today. Google Nick Marshall. He's a JUCO transfer. Watch his highlight tape. This guy is a freak. He's just a lightning-quick runner, and he can throw the ball about 75 yards. So Hmm. uh, very intrigued to have the marriage of a dual-threat athlete like him with Gus Malzahn, who's an offensive guru. And for those of you that play college fantasy football, he's a true sleeper that you want to roll the dice with uh, Nick Marshall at Auburn. Okay. Um, other than that, Bill, another youngster, and I know you're all about the up-and-coming talent, Florida State. Florida State's quarterback is with the Buffalo Bills now, E.J. Manuel. Who's the next man up? It's a true f- a retro freshman named Jamius Winston, Bill, who's getting a ton of hype. And uh, he has not been named the, the uh, starter yet. He's still battling a sophomore named Jacob Coker, but we'd be shocked if Jamius Winston – didn't win the job some say some say bill i'm not in this camp quite yet but some say he could have kind of a johnny football light season in him he's another oh, wow. dual threat guy super athlete on a very good team jamie's winston hopefully he gets the nod and he should as starting quarterback down there in tallahassee so those are the big ones bill to keep an eye on here um usually in the next few days by at least tuesday you'll probably get some official announcements from these coaches as to who their main man is going to be under center. And then when you think about the college quarterback position, Todd, is there going to be a Heisman Trophy winner from the quarterback, or is there going to be another position this year? 
Well, it's a safe bet. That's usually the quarterback, man. I think that, it always like, seems to be the quarterback. I know. It's. Uh, I'm not a huge Heisman guy. It's such a popularity concert uh, contest. Yeah. But Braxton Miller has a great shot. He's on a great team. He's a dual threat. He's, Urban Meyer knows all about Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. So he's going to feed him the ball. He's going to make sure he gets those stats that he needs. And if Ohio State's undefeated at the end of the year, uh, you know Braxton Miller will be right at the top of the list. All right, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we'll see what happens with Johnny Menzel. We'll see how good Alabama, if anyone can even come close to beating them. We'll see if Braxton Miller and the and the Buckeyes can maybe make a run for a national championship. And we'll keep an eye on Braxton Miller and some other players uh, throughout the season on that on that Heisman watch. Yeah, it's 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 a good time of year, Bill. You know, just like the NFL, hope springs eternal for all these schools and all these players. But yeah, there'll be a cold, hard dose of reality in the first couple of weeks of the season that uh, will derail a lot of these programs. So, you know, right now everything's, everything's peachy keen, but that will all change in the next seven days. All right, so we're going to wrap up this episode of Football Nation. College football season, seven days away. Yeah, baby. NFL season, 14 days away. Todd, do you have anything to add before we uh, take off for the day? No, man. Just uh, hit us up, ffchamps.com, if you've got your fantasy questions. The emails are go. still flowing in here as our show concludes. So everyone's got drafts coming up in the next couple of weeks. Bill, give them the digits there because this is this is crunch time before we go. ffchamps.com. It's only twenty nine ninety five for the rest of the season. We're with you from your draft all the way through your championship. And you can hit us up on Twitter, at ffchamps and we'll help you with your draft questions. We'll be back on the air with our Fantasy Football Champs show next Tuesday. That starts at 12 o'clock Eastern. In case you miss it, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on footballnation.com. Find us on ffchamps.com, and we're also on iHeartRadio. So there's a lot of platforms where you can listen to the show on demand. Uh, Josh Deering, another great job as the producer today. For Todd DeVries, I'm Bill Enright. Best of luck in your fantasy drafts, and thanks for listening to Football Nation. Every football fan has a voice at footballnation.com. 